Hello everyone, welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 10. Uh, my name is Patrick, I am once again joined by Seth, Steve, and Josh. Say hi guys. Hey everyone. Howdy. Hi guys. Hey, there we go. Alright, uh, bit of a bit of a short uh, schedule for this week. Pokemon Legends of Arceus came out, so chances are we'll spend most of our time on that. Before we get to that though, we have a couple of quick things to go through. Uh, obviously we heard the thrilling conclusion to the anime arc that was Steve fixing his phone last week, but it seems like another one of us has been uh, befallen, or befell, if you will, with uh, some technology technological problems. Josh, your computer. What what happened? Talk us through it. My monitor completely died about a month back, which is always good, so I'm still waiting for warranty for that. And then earlier this week, uh, I think probably Friday or Saturday, um, the water cooler decided to literally just die in my PC, uh, and it was running at like 80 degrees. So... Yeah, and uh, having to contact them for warranty, replace multiple different parts after it got shipped. And uh, yeah, it, I think it's working at the moment, but then as I basically was testing everything and had to reinstall all of my OS, because Windows 11 also decided to cock it from when it turned off, uh, my RAM has now started posting faulty things. So that's always good. So hopefully it doesn't crash during the recording, but we should be good. Is this really the power of the PC Master Ace? Wow. <laughs> Wow, I don't even have words for that. <laughs> I'm regretting letting letting Steve speak. Uh, that's a mistake that I won't make again. No, me too. The fact that he was hyped about this before we even spoke. Oh. I've never had a problem with my Xbox's water cooling. You know what? You <laughs> did have a problem with your Xbox where it kept turning off uh, trying to run games. So That is correct. but Which is exactly the problem I had. That was two years ago, man. you got to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> you never yeah, get okay. over something like that. Things happen. Investments get made. Some people have stocks in Microsoft now. Sorry, I think I hear people screaming Xbox Red Ring somewhere in the background. I don't know. <laughs> that was 15 years ago. They're selling merchandise <laughs> up now. It's funny. Oh no, your stocks. <laughs> it was, it's good, it's good. It's coming back. It's coming back. Won't someone think of his stocks? So, what is the plan to fix this? Obviously, you've tried fixing it yourself, and it seems rather unsuccessful. Oh, um, I don't know. If iffy, iffy on the success on the successful front. Uh, semi-successful. My problem is I keep having to replace parts. Like so, I mean, I ended up setting up my, my two SSDs up in RAID and wiping it and putting Windows 10 back on it, which solved a, a bunch of software issues I had. Uh, that resulted from the water cooler kept turning off the PC, which corrupted a whole bunch of stuff. So replacing the water cooler resolved that, but then my RAM is just posting errors when I was testing everything else. So the RAM's about like six years old, so I'll probably buy a new RAM and then that should hopefully be the end of it. At some point, you're better off just buying a whole new build. Well, the build's only like, uh, no, October last year, other than the RAM. I was just like salvaging parts. And the only part that isn't, yeah, brand new is like literally the RAM and the PSU. And the PSU was new two years ago when my other PSU blew up. So <laughs> I guess I just don't, I shouldn't touch technology. <laughs> and remember what you do for a living, Josh? I do not work touch in technology. IT. Touch <sighs> technology. What do you mean? <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and on again? True, actually. Uh, it turned itself off. Yeah. Ah, okay. But then maybe it <laughs> yeah, turned it was... itself off. Oh, yeah. It, it got halfway. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we call that automation. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a really big part of speeding up the process of uh, my I, job. I heard there are some great scripts for that you can download from just like a bunch of untrustworthy websites. Yeah, yeah. Download more RAM.com. Hit it up, lads. <laughs> Linkinpark.mp3.exe. If, if you did have to get it fixed, uh, professionally, I mean, rather than just you throwing a spanner at it and seeing what happens. Uh, would you try and uh, would you try and beat Steve on the technology fix any percent leaderboard, or are you going to go for like a different category? I don't think I could compete because I spent the first like six years of my working career working in a in a computer repair shop. But 
you know, I, I'd, I'd give it a go. I think I can probably beat Steve's record of what was it, like five weeks? I had the phone for five weeks and then it went away for six. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, <laughs> I can beat that record. That's just sad to hear. I've got it back and it's still not broken. It's been a full seven days. <laughs> <laughs> Best seven days of your life. Yeah, like every every now and then, like I'll put it gently down onto the couch, and I'm like, oh, is, is that it? Like, is this the end? Is this the power of the foldable phone master race? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, you ever, do, you ever, do you ever put the phone down and then and then smile and gaze middle distance, like into a wall or something, and think, like, just where where you came from all those weeks ago and where you are now, and how much better off you are now that you have your phone back? It, not really, because if I think about it too hard, I'm worried that I'll break it again. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true millennial. Just snap it shut. <laughs> <laughs> And make the switch sound. I hear that they bend the other way. They don't just bend like inwards. You can also bend them outwards. Ah, you should cool. give it a go. <laughs> I heard it was like one of those revolving doors. It just only goes one way, but it goes a full 360 degrees. I'll try to do it the other way. Like I can do it on the X axis. I'll try to do it on the Y axis. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Hidden feature. It was probably in a software update. I'm sure it would work now. Bend it in the Z axis somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so jo- Josh, you're, you're in the repair store, right? And maybe you're not going for the any percent speed run, but... What morality alignment are you going for? Obviously, we had the good ending with Steve. Would you go for the bad ending just to shake things up? Because listeners would probably want a bit of variety in given that most of our like front-loaded content is now how people repair their own technology. You know, I'm sick of all these black and white things. I want a middle ground. I want to hear Josh get a neutral ending. I, I was going to say yeah, neutral. It just remains broken. Uh, <laughs> 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 I literally don't touch it. It just sits on my desk. <laughs> Um, no, I was going to say, like, maybe you don't do Josh, Josh, Josh buys a new computer and breaks that one instead. Neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I literally just buy a new computer and move the broken parts into that new computer and just use that computer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the chaotic evil route. <laughs> it does sound like chaotic evil, but I mean, look, anyone that's heard my opinions knows that I'm chaotic something. So if we just like good neutral or evil, you know, if we've got an alignment, I think probably... I think probably chaotic, chaotic good for the most part with my computer. This is the most expensive thing I own by a decent margin. Is chaotic good just stealing parts to repair it? <laughs> I don't know if that would be good. That would be evil. It would be like buying from like, not scalpers, I guess. Well, it'd be good because your problem is solved. It just gives other people <laughs> That's not how alignment works. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a homebrew type of setting we're talking about, right, though? I, yeah, I don't what, know, man. The, I think the, you're, the you're morality? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the morality is now homebrew. This says a lot about yeah. our society. Here's, here's, here's a book that I found that had some squares on it that told me whether I'm good or evil. It was a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> Wax the guy in the face with the book and walks away. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Take True this morality true. quiz. Uh, uh, cool. All right. Well, I mean, hopefully that all goes well. And if it doesn't, then we have the... <clears throat> Excuse me. And if it doesn't go well, we have the pre-show sorted for the next five weeks worth of episodes. Don't do this. Uh, <laughs> what else have people been up to? Uh, just generally, really. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Australia Day recently, or Invasion Day, depending on depending on your take on it. Do you guys get up to much? On Invasion Day? Nah, it's not a day to celebrate. It's just a day off work. Yeah, basically. I just, I don't even remember what I did that day. I think I just played games. I went to the beach and I lost my keys. <laughs> And is that a is that a chaotic good? (laughs) (laughs) How did we lose the keys? (laughs) So like it's like two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like it's hot. I'm going to the beach. Went to the beach. My partner's like, no, I don't want to come. You go by yourself. I'm like, cool. Let's go a quick swim. Come back. Uh, I go 
park 15 minutes away because it's very busy and I forgot other people want to use the beach. Walk 15 minutes downhill, go there, have my swim, have a bit of a sunbake, watch a couple of videos on my phone and come back uphill, covered in sweat, drive home for like 25 minutes because there's heaps of traffic, um, get to get in the lift and I'm like, hey, where are my keys? I'm like, oh, I must be in the car. Search the car, they're not there. I'm like, oh, maybe I just left them at home. So I have to go up to ground floor, buzz it. My partner's like, oh, hey, did you lose your keys? And I'm like, just let me in. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to talk about it. Just let me inside. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I go in. I look around the house. There's no keys. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, so then on Thursday, my partner leaves to work and I'm working from home. And I'm like, all right, I can't leave the house because if I leave, I'm fucked. Because uh, the way you get into our apartment block, you have to, there's an FOB entrance to sort of get in the building and then there's an FOB to get up the elevator. Fallout Boy entrance? Oh my God. <laughs> Wow, that was 2012, though. I can't do that again. <laughs> Go back. Thanks for the memories, right? Yeah. <laughs> so long story short, I've lost my keys. Me and my partner now have like a sort of a split custody thing going on with the keys. <laughs> Who got some more weekends? <laughs> uh, she does because so her keys. <laughs> well, there's a lot of... Th- Steve, how did you lose your house keys but not your car keys? Because I keep them separated. Why? Because there was an incident like this previously. <laughs> Oh, God, he's got a history. Yeah. And because we've only got one set of car keys, well, it's car key, not car keys, um, it was like, oh, shit, like, if we lose the house keys, we've got no car key type of thing, and then we're, like, truly fucked. So we split them. Oh, we ended up finding them. It turns out they were, like, uh, under the bed or something. So I have a better question for you, right? If you have your Bro, car just shit on my question. And your... Well, yeah, well, I will. But if your car keys and your home keys are separate, why wouldn't you leave said home keys in the car when you went to the beach and just carry the car key? True. Uh, can I take that question on notice, please? <laughs> <laughs> leave it on red. Yeah. <laughs> Scene. Too um, much I, logic for this. It was in All my... Right, so I think we have our audience question for this week. Uh, feel free to get back to us next week with that, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, I've emailed the landlord. I'm like, hey, big fella, keys? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll hook you up. And then that was it. And it's been a week. And that's it. And you didn't think to go back to the beach and try to find the house keys? No. Like, it was... <laughs> I love there's like a pause you can say, like, why didn't I do that? <laughs> I, I like I that thought... multiple questions have been common sense and, like, he just hasn't done any <laughs> <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> well, that's the thing about common sense. It's not that common. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I thought about it the next day. I'm like, oh, maybe I should do it. But then I'm like, yeah, it's gone. Like, they're out to... They've gone to the, the great big key box in the sky or at the bottom of the ocean they're in a turtle somewhere now they're, they're, they're in the great <laughs> pacific garbage patch i'm hoping that i don't get a visit from a great white shark saying hey big fella we live here now we have the keys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well that's the rules i'm out you you walk in there's just like a dolphin chilling on your couch what was that really bad like old children's show where the top half of them is like a shark and the bottom half is just like human what the little mermaid street sharks street sharks maybe yeah i think it was called street sharks God, that was was a it a cartoon show. or a, like a costume thing? I think I think it was like a cartoon. Yeah, it's Street Sharks then. Yeah, you just have one of those just sitting in your house waiting for you, cracking his knuckles. <laughs> oh, I don't, his that sounds horrifying. So thanks, man. I didn't <laughs> want to sleep tonight anyway. <laughs> no, no worries, mate. Uh, okay, well, on the back of Steve's, Steve's looming insomnia, shall we do Round the Lounge? Uh, I feel like most people will probably be able to guess what Round the Lounge will consist of this week. But in case there are any surprises, Josh. What have you been up to this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been playing a lot more Monster Hunter Rise when my PC was living. 
um, and I spent a solid probably two nights playing Legends of Arceus, um, but everything else was pretty much spent repairing my PC, so we got decently far in it, and uh, yeah, we can talk about that, I guess, a little bit later, once everyone's done talking about their other stuff. Sounds good. Seth, what about you? Uh, if Patrick will let me, I'll finally talk about Doom 2016, and other than that, I played to, uh, a lot of Pokemon. You will talk about Doom 2016 when I let you talk about Doom 2016, and that might actually be this week. It's been six years, let it go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steve, lucky last. What have you been up to, other than losing your house keys? Well, I can't leave the house, so there's nothing but video games. So I've been um, steadily cri- uh, climbing the ranks of Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, and I've also been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. And can I just clarify right now as well, I hate to be that guy, but I am. That's who I am. Everyone, all of you guys have been saying Pokemon Legends of Arceus. It's actually Pokemon Legends colon Arceus. Sorry, next time I'll say the colon. Pokemon Legends col- colon of Arceus. Yeah, le- Legends colon Arceus. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, Steve. We'll, we'll, we'll do I, better. I, I, I redact my previous statement. <laughs> take it to head office. Thank you. Yes. Right to Reggie. <laughs> oh, no, Mr. Uh, Bowser. Good. Mr. Bowser, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bowser. Uh, as, uh, as it seems like uh, Pokemon Legends colon Arceus is the common game amongst us, shall we finally get Seth to talk about Doom 2016 and then, uh, and then yeah, and then I guess Steve talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel and then we'll just have a big chat about Pokemon Legends colon Arceus. How does that sound? Sounds perfectly fine. I like it. All right. So, Seth, Doom 2016. Obviously, this isn't a new game. Uh, what prompted you to play it? Is this something that you played a while ago and you're just really keen to talk about it? Or you played through it recently? Uh, it's been sitting on my backlog for quite a while. I think since like 2017, 2018, maybe. Not, so even, not even when it came out. It was just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like, oh, just a couple of years later, like, yeah, I'll add that to the backlog. Yeah, yeah. I, I do this a lot. There's a lot of games I buy and then I don't get to them years later. I, I still need to play uh, Dragon's Dogma. Maybe I'll talk about that on the podcast someday. <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> but anyway. fantastic game. Fantastic game. Yeah, uh, I, I keep hearing it's fantastic, so I can't wait to get to it eventually. But uh, anyway, back to Doom. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those games I've seen a lot of, and uh, I've heard so many people talk great things about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it someday. And uh, yeah, just... Uh, around Christmas every year, I make it a habit of starting up something that's on my backlog. I don't necessarily always finish them, but um, I like to at least try and make an effort to cross something off my uh, bucket list of games. And yeah, this year it just turned out to be Doom. Oh, that that wonderful Christmas game that is Doom. Yeah, it's, it's a really festive. How many games do you add to your backlog a year versus so how many, many games do you uh, cross off a year? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say it's like a ratio of one to two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's about the same. Why don't, why don't you just do, why don't you just celebrate second Christmas? Uh, I should. Yeah, maybe Chris- maybe mm-hmm. Easter, maybe I'll make it an Easter tradition to also do it. Well, that's, well, that's, that's, that's religious-y. Let's not get, you know, let, let's not mix things up here. Uh, why not, why not just half Christmas? Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to do you one better. I'm just going to make it a game for every day of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas, I'll cross off one game every day. Oh, right. I was just thinking like, okay, yeah, so that's still one day one of Christmas. Flash game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have 12 days to play 12 games. Yeah, exactly. I, I can do that. Uh, can I can I add a game to your, your backlog? No. No. I was going to make it Bubsy 3D. <laughs> I don't know no. why. I just feel like you should play it because I think you would just be so cursed forever. <laughs> What's that? Maybe, maybe before I play KO to Kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd play that before I play KO as well. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Steve, you're about to say something. Oh no, I was just gonna make a funny comment about Gex. Uh, oh no, funny okay, no, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna drop <laughs> yeah, that so one. I decided uh, against it. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, smart move. Uh, Seth, continue. That joke was like an evening at Paul Allen's house. <laughs> 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 so Can it? <laughs> 
<laughs> they don't make him like they used to. No, they certainly don't. Uh, yeah, Doom. Uh, shit. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, really, really fantastic game. Like everything that everyone always says about it. Um, right on the mark. It's it's uh, uh it's really addictive. I found like once you get into uh, once you get into the groove of um like the music's uh, pumping really hard and you're getting surrounded by demons and you're just blasting them all. It's just kind of like you're transcending in the violence is how i want to phrase it would you say that you're chaotic evil at that point no you're you're chaotic good oh can we can we please can we please not make morality a running theme of this episode that's gonna get <laughs> that's gonna get so like awful so quickly well doom takes place in hell doesn't it <laughs> yeah where everyone's lawful good steve let's move on uh no it takes place on mars and hell it's in mars what the fuck i mean yeah you're on a space station on mars and uh every now and then you get transported to hell all right play on <laughs> yeah uh every gun in that game feels amazing to use but uh the the best one by far is the um the super shotgun not the bfg no, the BFG is too limited to be the best. Mm. Like you, you have to go out of your way to find um the ammunition to use it in every map, and you only get like three shots of it stocked. I think it was maybe two. But it is satisfying though. It is. It is super satisfying when you use it. Yeah, fair. Okay. But the super shotgun, like once you get it upgraded, you're just double shotting everything and blowing things up in like two to four shots, and it's it's so good. And you get like a demon, you, you just blow off the top half of a demon with the super shotgun and it's super satisfying to use. Uh, music, phenomenal. Uh, one of the best game soundtracks in years, especially from the Western side of uh, the gaming industry. And probably roughly six years. Yeah. <laughs> no, even in like the past decade, I'd say it's one of the best ones mm. for at least for the Western side of games, because I find that a lot of Western games go for more at atmospheric things than like actual music while this just revels in gamey music that gets your blood pumping as you're going through the levels i was just about to bring up skyrim's great soundtrack but i realized that's atmospheric so i'm not going to never mind play on sorry sorry pat you go Uh, no thanks thanks steve um was it was it doom that the uh mind behind it got shut down on what he initially wanted to use as a soundtrack and then eventually he just he he did the soundtrack the way that the the producers wanted, and then just slowly put more and more of his creative input into it until until the end product was exactly what he wanted. It was just a roundabout way of getting there, rather than the the producers constantly shutting him down. That does sound like Doom. Maybe maybe it was for Doom because I know Doom Eternal they let him go full creative freedom and that's when they start doing like the metal orchestra and metal choir and everything. I I think I think so I obviously. Doom 2016, six years ago. Been a while. A lot of stuff's happened. But I think it was Doom where... um, uh, It's in my backlog. I haven't played it. Uh, I've wanted to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, Maybe on Christmas. Who knows? But uh, I'm pretty sure it was that one where... I don't remember the the, the, um, musician's name, but he wanted to either make... Mick Gordon. Thank you. Uh, I, th- I think if, if if what I'm remembering is correct, Mick Gordon really wanted to make either like a dubstep soundtrack or a metal soundtrack. And the, the studio kept saying, no, 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 we want to do it. We want to do it this way. And it just wasn't, it wasn't visceral in any way. So we did it the way that they wanted first and then just slowly started layering up either the dubstep or the metal. And then it was like, you guys okay with this? They're like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. And then, you know, like the next week would put like an, a little bit more on and be like, what about this? They're like, yeah, okay, yeah, we can, we can sort of get that. And then by the end of it, it was just a full dubstep slash metal album. <laughs> as the soundtrack well from what i saw earlier it started out very edm-y and then he just laid guitars on top of it so probably the metal one but yeah no excellent 
Yeah, I'd I'd say the same thing because of, as far as I know for the Doom uh soundtrack is that uh Mick Gordon went out of his way to find like a lot of things that are are, are unconventional for music and he was using like battered up old uh, uh hardware that he'd found he'd find in dumps. Um he he has like a lot more sound in one of those tracks as well and uh, uh yeah he just he went really psychotic with like the things he could find and uh, uh trying to make the waveforms into demonic symbols as he was uh, in the music it's it's all over the top and it's it's fantastic for it there's yeah. a documentary on it actually so I haven't, I haven't watched it but i've been meaning to but excellent soundtrack yeah maybe now that i've played the game i'll go and watch that documentary I've just seen bits and pieces of it. He did a he did a talk at like a conference or something about the soundtrack as well. I think yeah no it really it really um set the bar uh, in a lot of ways uh, with Doom twenty sixteen. I think he's Australian. I think he's Australian as he well. He is. He is. Oh fantastic. He is local hero. Good. Aussie Aussie Aussie. Oi oi oi. Mm, he kind of ruined the Dome Eternal one though. Uh, that 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 drops him down a few places in my book, but I'll forgive him. <laughs> just because uh, we make the Pavlova and you guys didn't. Anyway, uh, moving on. We also got the Lamington. And the Lamington, the, yeah. How the sheep going over there, big fella? Oh, oh, okay. Doris is doing is doing wonderfully. Thank you. Um, I'll I'll just I'll just uh, go over there with my number eight wire and strangle you all to death with it. Uh, so, <laughs> continuing with Doom. Uh, so we touched the soundtrack. Uh, obviously it's very fast paced, uh, actiony combat. I've heard that it's it's a it's a very good game in that it's a very uh it's very fast paced and visceral. And the core gameplay loop is, is fairly samey, but they keep doing it in ways that it doesn't get boring in any way. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, no, it's paced really well. There's enough downtime between each combat arena that like you get to uh like you get to lower your blood pressure. You get to just explore for, try to find some secrets, arm it up a little bit more. They sprinkle in small enemies every now and then just to keep your uh, keep you engaged as you're going along but uh each of like the big arenas they they always introduce uh, not always but they introduce uh, new enemies at a good enough pace where it's always keeping things fresh and by the end of the game they're throwing a lot at you because you've got so many weapons and upgrades and everything that they just keep piling things on to try and overwhelm you and keep you addicted and aware of everything that's going on and the music is again it's a big part of this experience it um it, the music ramps up as you're going through the game as well and that helps you get into the zone as you're uh going through these combat arenas that's cool uh any other points that you want to touch up uh touch on it or should we just move to your final thoughts and give it a score uh i'll, I'll just roll straight into my final thoughts from this last one I've but um, a question for you before you before you do have you played doom eternal no not yet okay are you going to play doom eternal i am i've been meaning to but uh other games came out between uh me playing doom and uh going to start doom eternal okay maybe cool. next Christmas. I, I just wanted to keep that in mind with your score because i i have thoughts but we'll discuss it after you play doom, doom eternal yeah so uh the last thing i wanted to mention is that i absolutely adore doom guy in this game he just gives no shits about anything that's going on he'll constantly punch monitors to shut people up or <laughs> try to <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah um he's he's being in the first level as you're going down an elevator he's being told like the plot of the game and what's happening and he just smashes his fist into the uh, communicator to get the guy to shut the hell up um you can try to shoot uh 
one of the NPCs when you get to his main office and he just goes, don't try that again. And it disables your guns for the rest of the segment. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Doom guys like this silent badass that's amazing and done really well in this game. So uh, honestly, 10 out of 10. Wow. 10 out of 10 noise. Because I know that we, <laughs> we uh, you know, introduced that last episode. Just insert the BFG division riff here. Yeah, we need to, we need to get a 10 out of 10 sound. <laughs> Do you reckon? Do you reckon he's a cousin of um, John Halo from um, Halo? Prob- he's probably the distant older cousin. <laughs> not, the, not the fun uncle? The funkle. The funkle doom guy. <laughs> funkle from Mars. <laughs> 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 Sounds like yeah. a Goosebumps book. Yeah, that... <laughs> I'm scared yeah. now. Uh... But yeah, Doom's definitely on my list. I'll, it's on my- I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Yeah, highly recommended. Am I the only one that's played it other than Seth? I think I have. So, I think I am. You haven't played it, Patrick, obviously, you said? No, it's 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 in my backlog. Uh, I have it and have it downloaded. It's just sort of a similar boat with um, just other games coming out that I've either wanted to play more or everyone else has been playing and I feel compelled to join them in because Doom, obviously, single-player only. There's multiplayer in it, but I haven't touched it. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's cold, but that's what you mean, Pat. <laughs> No, I just mean I. I don't. I'm pretty sure everyone that raves about Doom, none of it's like, oh no, the multiplayer is great. It's always just the single player is stellar. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know anyone that's even touched the multiplayer. Yeah, honestly, and that's fine. But yeah, I just in my backlog haven't played it yet. Anyway, sorry, Josh. What was what, uh, where were you going with that? Um. Oh yeah. No, I uh, I was just curious because it sounds like I'm the only other one that's played it, and I'd I'd probably give it like a seven or an eight to be honest. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. When I was playing it, you were saying that it's it's not your type of game. It wasn't that it wasn't my type of game per se. It just, I, I don't know. Something about it just didn't grab me. Um, it's like yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like the core gameplay loop was fun. The music was phenomenal, like you're saying. But it just felt very samey, I, I guess. Um, but I'd played Doom Eternal first as well, and I don't think Doom Eternal was a particularly good game. Uh, for, for multiple reasons, so I think that kind of tainted oh. me before I played Doom. Now that so. is a take and a half, as someone who hasn't played Doom, Doom Eternal. But. <laughs> you just feel compelled to go into bat, Steve? Yeah, well, just from what I've heard, I've I've heard it's not, like, Doom Eternal isn't as good as Doom 2016. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. I had a friend tell me to temper my expectations yeah. going from 2016 to Eternal. Yeah. But I've also heard that because the, the grappling hook was in Eternal only, right? There wasn't a grappling hook in 2016? Yeah, no, it's the, the the grappling hook's only in Eternal. There's a few things that they introduced in Eternal that I can tell just from uh, reconfiguring my keybinds a little bit before I went to go. Because I did I did go to start it up one day and then uh, I got invited to play uh, Monster Hunter instead, I think. And I was <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'll play Monster Hunter instead of Doom. Does sound like our Discord, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. All right. So, ten out of ten from Seth. Uh, non ten out of ten from Josh. Uh, how much is it going? <laughs> it's on Steam because that's where I bought it from. But how much is it going for nowadays? On sale, it'd be pretty cheap. It's on Game Pass. It always drops to thirty dollars or below. Yeah, yeah I, I bought it for like I think it was like ten or twenty on Xbox when I first got my um my One X, and then I bought it for like like I think it was like ten dollars or twelve dollars on PC. It is currently uh seventy five percent off and going for eight dollars and seventy three Australian. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's definitely worth that money. I think it's on Game Pass as well. It is, yeah. It's Bethesda game, so... Who, who made it? <laughs> who owns them? <laughs> Ubisoft. Wait, damn it. Sorry, wrong one, wrong one. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Doom was on Game Pass before the buyout anyway. It was, yeah. 
Uh, not not for long before, but it was. Yeah, it's it's just one of those games that it ends up getting everywhere and it's super cheap all the time. I don't think Doom Eternal was though. I think it was added when Doom Eternal was releasing, perhaps. Yeah, I think it was something around that. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. cool, I can get hyped. And then I just, all right, cool, add it to yeah. the list. And with that, people that are listening and want to go try out Seth's 10 out of 10 game can and do it for cheap. Thank you for that, Seth. Uh, Steve, you want to tell us about Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel? How's the, how's the old rank grind going? Um, how do I say this in a way that doesn't make me come off as bad? Um, so they've, they've started, they started a new season yesterday, I believe. Actually, no, February the 1st, so it was Tuesday. So I hit, I platinum, no, a new, like, ranked season for for Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Like, the game that we're talking about at the moment. Yeah, but what do they call it? Season two, I think, I don't know. Oh, boring continue well, if, you let me, if you let me finish my story you'll you'll see where, where this ends up <laughs> you'll agree that it's boring anyway continue but we can't do that we <laughs> yeah. have to interrupt you as much as possible <laughs> that's fair um you activated my trap card <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> well after the shadow realm jimbo oh, no. well no, it turns out you sent a monster to my graveyard three turns ago and it only activates under the light of a full moon that's why i win <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, but I got Mirror Force. Oh, shit, that's it. All right, GG. I, I, I feel like this exchange is getting more and more niche, and I'm already lost. Counter Regeki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a base card. Uh, Solemn Judgment. Oh, no. I'm I don't think you can put, counter a counter. I'm just going to put down Little Karibo and, and back away slowly. That's a YouTube. Little Karibo, even. <laughs> oh, just break regular, regular size Karibo. No, there he's is the guy. No little Karibo. Little Karibo yeah, makes well, the Yu Gi Oh! Bridge series. Yeah, he makes yeah. the Yu Gi Oh! Bridge series. No card. And. and, and He's the strongest card of them all, you'll see. Um, no, the anyway. strongest card is Pepsi, man. I summon Dark Magician. Um, <laughs> so rank yeah, season two's yeah, going well. So, so rank... Well, it's not going well, that's the problem. So Fuck what they sake. did... <laughs> You're trying to be positive, help Patrick. Me, help you, damn it. <laughs> no, so, so what they did, right, is um, they dropped everybody... As soon as the, the new season rolled over, they dropped everybody a... Um, like a, like a, a, a tier, essentially. So I was like platinum rank three... And then the new season rolled over and they've dropped everybody from platinum down to gold, everybody down from gold to silver, everybody from silver to bronze. I don't know what, I don't know what they were thinking with that. Um, so essentially it's like, all right, cool. You're back to bronze. You're back to gold. All right, cool. Whatever. I can fight my back back to platinum. But because everybody's dropped back, all the people that used to be in platinum are trying to sort of get their way back in by sort of like flooring their way up. And everybody that's, yeah, it's, exactly. But everybody that's in, uh, that was in platinum before is using like, one of like three mega meta decks that it's like if you're not using one of those three decks you just it's not that you can't win against them it's just very hard to are you using one of those three no i'm not yeah there we go <laughs> I fucking knew it so i played four games got dunked on four games and like you know what all right time to make a deck and it's like 10 o'clock at night i'm really tired i got like i put like 10 cards in the deck i'm like you know what i'm done see you later i couldn't be bothered Trading card games are hard. Experience, yes. Yeah. Have, like, you tried, just, have you tried just starting a Smurf? I don't know what that means. Smurf signing Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, having having, having knows, a Smurf. He runs account. them. That's how he, the only reason he wins Dota games. No, we're talking about Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> I don't get. <laughs> don't worry. Do you want to explain what a Smurf is, Patrick? Uh, so a, yes, a, a Smurf to the to the uninitiated. It's a thing in pretty much anything with a rank system in there. Where eventually, if you're good enough, you'll hit a point where uh, it will be it'll be hard for you to win because you'll be against people of equal skill. So you think. I'm not going to play these games of equal skill. I'd rather just dunk on some nerds for 40 minutes. And so you'll make a second <laughs> account specifically at a lower rank. That way you can just, you know, roll some shitters that need to get good. Um, and All right, wonderful. So I'm downloading it for my phone right now. Yeah, um, there we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Cannot wait. Yeah. 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 Now, now you've got to spoil the, the news uh, section. 
Uh, yeah, it's gone out to the mobiles and stuff. It's all put out there. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry. Be- this whole this whole episode like structure has just gone to hell. <laughs> we have news in part one. What's next? <laughs> it's gone to chaotic evil. Oh, <laughs> that's not the extension I wanted, Josh. Um, yeah, so like, long story short, the too long didn't read. I'm not having fun with it anymore. So I'm just gonna stop. I I burned myself out on it. I'm done. I might play a bit more of the solo kind of stuff, but no more multiplayer for me, please. There's, well, the rumor is that they're supposed to be uh, bringing out some weird like tournaments or some weird events within the next couple of weeks. So I might jump onto that. Yeah, you'll probably get some cards or something depending on your placement because that's usually what happens with these games when they do a tournament mode. But I, I've got my deck. I've got my cards. I don't need any more. But yeah, I so that's like a but... Yu-Gi-Oh 2006. This is the meta here. Play this game mode if you want to play old Yu-Gi-Oh because so many people are playing this because it was like old Yu-Gi-Oh and now that everyone's got their meta decks, everyone I know that enjoyed it is no longer playing it. Yeah, and that's, that's right. It's, it takes the magic out of it. But I reckon if you went back and if they did use the old sort of like Duelist Kingdom Battle City rules, even Yu-Gi-Oh! GX for an extent, everybody would, there's still meta decks. No, there, there were still broken decks yeah. back then, there so was, but... you'd still run into problems. Yeah, I guess. I remember running like a Cyber Dragon deck and you play like Overload Fusion and like all the monsters in your, in your deck out of the graveyard and you got like 8,000 attack Cyber Dragon that can attack like 20 times. Oh, mwah, Malta Ben. <laughs> nah, I understand nobody understood what I just said, but... Oh. <laughs> Shout out to all the people, <laughs> all the people that speak Italian that understand the praise that Steve just gave it. Um, so, if you wanted to swap from uh, season one to season two, would you just not drop ranks, or like how? Obviously, you're upset that everyone dropped a rank. What would you do differently? We start everybody back from zero. Like it doesn't make sense to just drop everybody back one. I I think that's worse because it, uh, you'd run into the problem that day one. Uh, Master Duel had where people that are just playing this for fun that are like at the bottom of the ranks and just trying to get their decks together are going against the super meta decks that are just going to run through everyone so I, by just dropping one rank you still got like the meta decks up in the golds while the yeah, lower I decks g- are down in the bronzes and the unranked I guess but then at least I sort of learned what a meta deck looked like as opposed to just sort of being like oh this is a bit different They'll learn anyway as they naturally increase, though, as they get better and get more cards. Yeah, but if you're not using a meta deck, you probably won't increase at all. That's a problem. Or at least some sort of weird... If you liked the game enough, you would Google it. Yeah, good point. That's what I... Yeah, I looked at a deck list. That's how I made my deck. But yeah, that's, that's, and that's the Yu-Gi-Oh! Masters update. Because there are some... Uh, like, for example, I, I think Rocket League used to do this. I, it's been a while since I've played Rocket League Ranked. I'm not sure. Where, at the end of a season, you... Like, uh, so... If, if you don't have your rank, which is you know, at the start of a season or what have you, you'd have to play 10 games. And if uh, and those 10 games would determine your rank, depending on how many you won, how many you lost. But it would also be based on what, your, what rank you were last season. Even though you don't have an official rank, if you were in, let's say, Platinum, uh, that it would either try and match you with similar to Platinum type players in general or if it put you higher or lower it would adjust what your matchmaking rating would be accordingly so let's say everyone drops a rank it sounds it's it's kind of weird to me that everyone would drop a single rank because even if you drop everyone back to zero yes you have the day one issues but if you knew what everyone's previous rank was you'd be able to give the people that were in plat or gold the previous time just a larger boost to clear them from bronze and silver early on so i'm i'm it's weird that it's just a fixed one rank drop for everyone yeah and it's weird you could do it that way though maybe just because like it's only been out for like what two weeks now like they're still teething and all that type of thing and well, that, sort of that's done also it. the weird thing is that how, how are we into season two already when it's barely yeah. a month 
Or, yeah, I think they, they base it on like a calendar system. So mm. like month rolled over, uh, it, it okay. changed your ranks. That, that makes was sense. my impression as well, yeah. And if yeah. they don't reset it at least once a month, Yu-Gi-Oh! will get very stale very quick. So they have to well, keep refreshing these lists. Didn't the Yu-Gi-Oh! card game release like a new ban list anyway, like last week? Yeah, they did. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that would have been the new... TCG probably. Yeah. Um, like, this uh, is all running on yeah. the OCG. Good point. Good point. I know they broke a lot of meta decks too. Because hmm. I'm, I'm only comparing that to Pokemon Unite where the season one ran for three months, I think. Cause I hit, yeah, I hit when I hear rank. the word season, I, I think of like the seasons of the year. So, so like a three month period. Yeah. 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 I, I hit master rank within a month or two of Unite coming out and I haven't touched it since they reset that. And I don't even think I got reset to zero. I just don't have the interest in playing Unite anymore. Um, you don't but, feel yeah, like fighting just... kids with mum's credit card behind them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 I had to climb that pile of corpses once. I'm really not thrilled to want to do it again. I heard Trevenant came out recently. Yo, yeah, no, that, that's the thing is that like, I'm, I've always kept like a loose eye on it because it's, it's still interesting for me to watch. I just don't feel the urge to play it. And I'm not even sure why it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it ran its course for me basically. And I just haven't been back, but, um, Trevenant isn't even the good one. If I, if I come back to it, I'd be playing, um, uh, Greedent. <laughs> that, that'd be my boy. Uh, just running around, um, stealing people's shit and eating berries. Kind of like what I do day to day anyway. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, any, so obviously with, um, ranked no longer being as fun. Uh, I know that last week we discussed that the single player was still pretty good. I assume you probably drained that of all of its meaningful content. Not yet. Like I just got like frustrated with it, like the whole thing. So I just sort of put it down. Maybe we'll go back to it over the weekend. Oh, there's just so many games coming out. Like, uh, that is true. Well, there's not even games yeah, coming out. There are games. There are games leaving Game Pass, and because I refuse to buy games anymore, I'm like, well, I might as well play these. So I've got to play Control and Cobain before the 15th of December. Sorry, and by 15th of December, I mean 15th <laughs> of February. That's that's not uh, that's not Final Fantasy 12, man. I've played Final Fantasy 12. Why did you ask for recommendations from that <laughs> list if you played Final Fantasy 12? I wanted to oh, see if anybody would recommend it. For, oh, of for, for context, uh, Steve Steve asked the group uh, off air obviously don't know why i felt the need to say that um that here are the games leaving game pass which one should i play and i think we all gave him a different answer which was kind of cool yeah we did yeah I, I told him to give code vein a try but he pr- might not stick with it after an hour i told I him to give yeah. control yeah. a go uh and i stand by that control excellent game i sort of played it a couple of years ago before ftl really became a thing but maybe i'll you know boot that up again there's some dlc that i haven't played might boot that up and talk about it sometime in the future and josh obviously recommended final fantasy well if he's already played final fantasy my next recommendation would also be control um though i've yet to play it i've seen a lot about it and you know remedy entertainment they make good stuff so yeah I, i've played Covain and i i don't think steven will particularly enjoy it yeah no that's why i said i it's a soft recommendation i don't think he'd stick with it unless it's like something that just kind of sticks because of the way the combat mechanics are in the game because that's the most interesting part of it, I think. I think you just have to be really into those style of games to really enjoy what Code Vein brings to the table. I um, I, I didn't really enjoy it that much, but I don't play enough of those style of games to enjoy it, so... You're, you're mostly a Dark Souls person, and that's it. Even the other FromSoft games, from what I know, you weren't too into. No. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Code Vein is like anime Dark Souls, or from my very, very, very vague more, understanding of it. More anime Bloodborne... Fan fucking tastic. She explains why I don't like it. Bloodborne was horrible. <laughs> that, it wasn't. Josh. <laughs> it sounds like it's good. To doubt, one there, uh, to doubt that one there, boy. Maybe if it ran more than 30 frames, maybe I would have enjoyed it. The human eye can't see more than 24. Oh, hey, I got something for you. There's the Bloodborne PS1 D-make that runs at unkept frame rates. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, actually, I did stick I love that. every I was word in that sentence. <laughs> I hate DMX so much. It looks like, uh, it looks like Valheim. I hate DMX so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so any updates on whether you'd recommend other people play it or not? Is the, is the ranked enough of a turnoff? Or are you just going to give it a bit of a cool down and then, and then approach it again and see how you feel? Look, it's free to play. If you even have a very vague nostalgia for Yu-Gi-Oh, I'd recommend picking it up just for the solo sort of stuff. Just sort of see if you want to get back into it. I can't not recommend it to people because it's free. I'd just be a heavy caveat, like play the new, uh, play the solo mode, see, like you know that there are new mechanics in Yu-Gi-Oh and it's not the same that it was 20 years ago. If you don't like it, don't spend any more time because it is like a, a big time investment. Honestly, I think the best way to handle it is to go, hey, make a deck that you enjoy and then just make a lobby with friends if they're also interested in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that as well. It's something I haven't done, but it's something that I'd probably, that's a good thing to do. Cool. Thank you, Steve, for that. Now. Hey, everyone. Patrick here from the Fast Travel Lounge. I'm fast traveling from the future to tell you that uh, before we recorded episode 10, we had no idea we would end up speaking about Pokemon Legends Colonasius for 90 minutes. So we decided that it would be better to keep episode 10 to a similar length to the other episodes and just move all of the Pokemon Legends Colonasius chat to a separate spoiler casty uh, second episode type thing. So be sure to look out for that uh, as a separate upload and enjoy the rest of episode 10. And after that, probably too long discussion on Pokemon Legends colon Arceus. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we will now move into part two, which is news. And first up on the docket, everyone loves him. He's back. It's Reggie from Nintendo, and he's writing a book. Yeah, he is. It looks um pretty good. It's going to be a bunch of stories of the gaming industry, of how he was just a young kid in the Bronx in New York, and then he sort of made his way up, and then he became king of Nintendo, and he became such of a, a titan of the industry. And I'm very much looking forward to it. It's a shame I, I don't... I actually... Oh, sorry, f f finish your point. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's a shame it's not being made in, like, a visual novel form. Um, not yet. Maybe the maybe someone will do a nice ROM hack of something. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a movie adaptation as well. I hope he writes about his Pizza Hut arc. <laughs> One more time, big fella? I said, I hope he talk, uh, He writes about his Pizza Hut arc when he was, like, a manager of a Pizza Hut. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, before before he worked at Nintendo, he ran some Pizza Hut chains, I'm pretty sure. Could you imagine just ringing in to order a pizza and Reggie? Reggie himself answers the phone. Man, this would have been way before he was a known name, though. Hey, is Doug Bowser there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, can you fill some me pizza up? Can I, I get um? Can, can I get a, uh, a half pizza with left beef? You know, if Doug Bowser is there, I'm also kind of expecting Chris Pratt to be there. I'm so sick of this joke. It hurts me every fucking time. Now the voice of Reggie, Chris Pratt. <laughs> True. <laughs> he is the voice of Mario, I guess, but it's not a far leap. <laughs> is that what voice um, acting in Pokemon? Chris Pratt? <laughs> that's why well, there's none. God damn it. It's going to be so hard to get through these stories, isn't it? <laughs> um, before we were recording this, uh, Josh, you weren't you weren't aware that Reggie was the OG source for the My Body is Ready line. No, no, I wasn't, which is an interesting take. I, uh, I don't remember if it was in the article for Kodaku or not, um, which was the what person that, uh, well, the, the company that wrote this article. Um, but yeah, I had no idea that it was like a Wii Fit thing, which is hilarious to me because I can just imagine it. I don't even need to see it. Yeah, no, I've I've seen that clip so many times. It's fantastic. I had no idea. And like I say it like on the daily. <laughs> I had no idea it was a Reggie thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I too say it daily, and I, I think at one stage I might have known it was Reggie, but I just use it so much that it was a nice surprise to be reminded that it was Reggie. 
but cool yeah hopefully um you know, hopefully this book goes well um it's the sort of thing that actually sounds kind of interesting um i might even yeah i i, I might pick it up uh you know, depending on if it's going for Nintendo prices or not, and you know, never goes on sale. Um, anyway, next up on the ticket, you're going to get this distilled book cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to make the joke. <laughs> oh, oh, amiibo, amiibo, surely, Reggie amiibo. Give me, well, give me, give me. I want one like that, but with a bobblehead. <laughs> I think it'd be excellent. So, so before before we leave before we leave the book to rest, I uh, just wanted to point out that it's coming out in the US on May third. But it's coming out over uh, at least on Amazon Australia. It's coming out August third. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, thank you US. for uh, pro- well, yeah, uh, pirate it. Pe- people people that hear that there's a book coming out probably should also know when it's coming out. Thank you for that, Seth. Uh, next up on the list, we have the studio behind Shovel Knight or the people behind Shovel Knight putting their game, their latest game or newest game, up on Kickstarter. Seth, you had some thoughts on this. Yeah. So. Uh... Uh, I'll, I'll save the thoughts for a little later, but to get into what the game actually is, uh, it's called Mina the Hollower, and it looks to be, uh, well, stylistically, it's uh, based on Game Boy Color games, but it looks like it's very heavily based on Castlevania and maybe a little bit of um, Link's Awakening. And yeah, it, from the trailer they've shown and like everything about it, it looks genuinely fantastic, and I'd, I'd be really happy to play it. But uh, my thoughts on it being in Kickstarter, at first, I was very surprised to hear it was a Kickstarter game because after Shovel Knight being such a runaway success, a success to the point where they, they have official amiibo for Shovel Knight, I would have thought that the company was kind of in a point where they're self-sufficient enough to make a game like this on their own and self-publish. And to a point, they are. They they have a little section in here that says, why did they go to Kickstarter? And they straight out say that they're not in dire straits anymore and they're financing the majority of the game. The main reason they're going to Kickstarter is because they want to build a universe with the community around it from, like, the go which i don't know kind of kind of sounds corporate greedy to me it's just it's just buying the game before it's out so maybe they are trying to do it in a weird way to reverse gain interest yeah it, it's it, it's kind of like to me it's like a false sense of uh, let's start building fan art and the community stuff around the game before it's out unlike shovel knight which naturally had that they they're trying to hit the iron again with this by doing the exact same method well I'd, I'd be interested uh if i assume that because it's such big names attached to this kickstarter it's gonna get funded no matter what uh level yeah oh it already is it was it was funded in hours yeah that's what i mean but i'd be curious so they were only asking for three hundred thousand. i think it's usd um which isn't that much when you think about the cost of a, of a game dev so i think they were using like like what steven said kickstarter more as a marketing tool uh, and to generate further ideas and discussion around the game to see maybe where they can take the game rather than you know, as a as a base for you know just funding the game itself, which is interesting. Right, but what what but just as just as a thought experiment though, what happens if you put a thing up for Kickstarter and you don't get funded, and then the Kickstarter falls over? There's no money coming in either from the Kickstarter or no way of the doing like the annual updates and things because the Kickstarter wasn't funded. I just wonder how much. Obviously, it's entirely hypothetical, but I wonder how much would change if, for whatever reason, the Kickstarter fell through. I'd say maybe it'd be a bit of a shorter game and there'd be like less community things here. I don't even know if there's any stretch co- uh, stretch goals in here. There there are, but uh, the ones that have been hit are putting a sound test into the game and putting cheat codes into the game. And 
those so de they're definitely going to be like development heavy stuff for coding and everything but they're not major things in my eyes like they're not like whole new levels or like a whole post game sort of thing or anything they're like miscellaneous stuff right well the the only the only point that i'm trying to make there is that if a company comes out and says you know we're financing most of it ourselves we just want to do this for for the price like okay so put the the funding level to i don't know some minuscule thing and tell people not to donate to it until it's out obviously people aren't going to do that people are going to go and put money at it where they can but i'm just saying it's kind of like a put your money where your mouth is sort of thing because it's like you know oh we don't really need the kickstarter money but we've also raised however many hundreds of thousands of dollars on the back of it i'm sure they're not going to i'm sure they're not going to turn their noses up at it i'll, I'll give you one word patrick pre-order <laughs> I, I know i'm just saying it, it annoys me when the language from a company is like you know we don't we don't need to do this but we want it but we want to do this and you're like okay well then don't do it <laughs> you, you know yeah because like i said shovel shovel knights got them a massive community and a massive following they they've got the resources to do like community things again and like just yacht club is doing another game mm. is interest enough for a lot of people yeah i like this this is very confusing to me why they did kickstarter as a route for the game when from the sounds of it they don't need it yeah that's what i'm saying like if, if they say we need to kickstart this game fine i don't believe you but fine but don't give me this like oh you know we just want to we just want to like market it and build a community and stuff bullshit when you have several hundred thousand dollars like thousands of dollars coming in via kickstarter anyway but anyway we'll, we'll have to see how it goes um yeah, I guess. Have you guys had any success with Kickstarters that you've backed before? Just sort of as a no. weird thing. number nine. <laughs> no. Did you actually back that? Yeah, I backed my number nine and I backed um, Bloodstained, which is actually a good game. Bloodstained is actually a really good game. Bloodstained's good. Okay, yeah, I've heard good things about Bloodstained. Yeah. I think the only things I've backed have been ones that have some kind of physical asset, like board games and card games and stuff like that, Um, which half of which never came out. Yeah, I, I also backed that um, Cyanide and Happiness card game. Yeah, same. Joking Hazard. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also did one for Exploding Kittens. Is that any good? I haven't played oh. it. <laughs> you need other people to play with, unfortunately. <laughs> we yeah. haven't played it. Um, jo joking Hazard is good. It's basically just a picture version of Cards Against Humanity, though. So if you have one, you kind of have the other. Um, it's not a huge one. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know what you're running into. So it's sort of like, what do you what do you meme or something? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, special shout out for Unstable Games, though. They're the makers of... So their main flagship thing is... Um, as, as it says on the tin, Unstable Unicorns, which I've never played, but uh, they, I guess, created the studio after the success of the game on Kickstarter. But they've got a few that they do Kickstarters for, or did Kickstarters for. And one of them was Here to Slay, which I bought and have been playing uh, even with uh, just two people. It's way more fun with more, but even just two people, it's, it's a good time. Uh, so yeah, I've had some success. Um, I've also had some failures, but... That's sort of the role of the dice with Kickstarter, right? Like, it's not guaranteed. Yeah, it do be like that. Yeah, every now and then I'll back something. I don't think I've had any of my things actually ever come through. Maybe one day. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. Sometimes I'll just put money at something and yeah, it'll just it'll just go into the dumpster. Well, yeah, usually it'll be like... We was... call that crypto. <laughs> Please stop bringing that oh, up. Oh, is that... Wait, wait, Steve, did it you buy your Microsoft too, stocks on, on Kickstarter? That How else am I supposed to went? buy them? How else am I supposed to buy them? I bought is them for some is guy the, in the alleyway. Is the is the stretch goal that we'll we'll make the the stocks worth more after you put a certain amount of money in? We'll buy Bethesda and then straight afterwards we'll buy Activision. <laughs> and then after that they're gonna release the Xbox. Stretch two. goal seventy billion dollars. We will buy <laughs> Activision Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> stretch goal unlocked. <laughs> uh.
Um, it comes up with like a little rare achievement noise and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Ellie back a Ellie back a stamp. <laughs> I'd back it just for that noise. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should probably move on though. Um, we got a um, more of a look at Gran Turismo Seven. Uh, it looks fine. I know that amongst us, we were a bit split on how good or or not good it looks. I don't think anyone thinks it looks bad. I think we should say that outright. It doesn't look bad, but I don't think it looks as good as I was maybe expecting Gran Turismo 7 to look. I think it's probably important to make a distinction here. I think the game itself looks like every other Gran Turismo game, so 10 out of 10, keen to play it. The graphics on it compared to other recent uh, car titles are probably not up to par with what we were expecting at least internally here um so yeah the, the game itself looks good yeah and the, and the car models look pretty good it's just the the racetracks and the environments i like the ray tracing stuff they're doing as well i think maybe what you guys are lamenting about the graphics might shift when this eventually comes to pc because this was on the nvidia leak of coming to pc eventually oh cool i don't have to buy it on ps5 and pay double for it sweet yeah exactly <laughs> It just just uh fix up your computer and uh play it in like nine months hey, you gotta come at me like that bro uh, also uh, but... probably have to plug in the dual sense controller because the adaptive triggers sound really cool yeah the adaptive trigger stuff sounds really cool uh the two things i wanted to mention with this is what they're doing with the music uh stuff in this game please yeah tell us about that uh one of the modes they have is you just race along a track and see how far you can get within the time limit of a song that's playing that's cool that yeah cool. that's that's a really chill way to just play for the game and just listen to a song that you really like sounds like audio surf that's really cool yeah yeah that's that's really like audio surf actually good good call yeah yeah so that's that's an interesting twist on like a time trial sort of mode but the other thing that i think is really cool and more games should do this is um uh when you have a song playing for your replays they automatically do camera cuts during the replays depending on like the tempo or so just cool. the rhythm of the song so like uh, like a bass drop will hit or something or like a drum crash will happen and they'll do a camera cut to go along with like that section of the music and i think that's kind of cool you get to you get to really see where the car leaves the track <laughs> and goes flying into the other people in the online lobby uh right yeah, i can imagine it was like, like a music. bass hit and like the wheels lock up for everyone and yeah. there's nothing but carnage <laughs> like <laughs> Uh. See, since it's based on a car, <laughs> since it's based on a race replay, it, I, it'd be really hard to get the timing of that. But when it happens, it'll be pink. it'll be hilarious. I can't wait to see oh, those well. tweets of people sharing that. Like, look what I managed to like to cause. It took me five attempts, but look what I've done. You just know people are gonna clip that on Twitter. <laughs> uh. But yeah, uh, the way they're handling music in this game is really, really cool. Mm. And I, before today, I had forgotten that Gran Turismo has some fucking bangers. They do. All of their soundtracks are excellent. Highly, I mean, that's every car game almost, but like, True. yeah, 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, any other points that you want to, because it was like a 16 minute video. Uh, which people can go and find on YouTube. Any other standouts for for anyone? Or should we move on? I guess real quick, the Skybox stuff was kind of interesting. There, um, they took like real meteorology data to make the Skyboxes accurate to the locations of the world the racetracks are in. Oh, excuse me. Oh, choking on myself. <laughs> really likes the Skybox, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very pretty. Uh, but yeah, they they got um, they got like actual scientific data of like how uh humidity and everything affects like racetracks and uh, uh so yeah, they're trying to make like atmospherically accurate to the world Mm. so i was saying this to patrick earlier when we were watching it but i think 
I, I, I couldn't care less for them for the most part about any of that stuff unless it actually affects the racing. Like if it increases the, the speed that your tires heat up or makes your car, like if it's pouring down rain uh, and it's a different atmosphere so it's cooler temperatures and your, your car can run hotter for longer or whatever. Like all of that stuff is really cool and would affect the game in really niche ways depending on what track you're on. And I think that would be excellent, but just for the sake of coloring the sky i i just could not care less um which is i don't know it's interesting to see where they take that it's well, like um because okay. I, I saw that same piece sorry I'll, I'll let you speak in a sec um uh, it was like the in, in the video they introduce it as um when you're racing in japan the sky will look like uh like you know it looks like it would in japan and it's like i don't even know what the sky outside my room looks like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, I'm, if i'm gonna go to some foreign racetrack i don't how am I going to know? Like, wow, yeah, that really looks like when I was last in, you know, the Nurburgring or whatever the hell. <laughs> but cool, cool idea. And again, if it's got a gameplay uh, hook to it in some way, then sweet, I'm all for it. And yeah, it looks stunning, sure. But it's it's weird to draw attention to it if, I don't know, if, if a lot of people like me who just aren't in the camp of knowing enough to appreciate it. But sorry, what were you going to say? Also, when the environments around the track look so dull in comparison. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, because I, well, I don't own a PS5 and I'm probably not going to get it because my gaming laptop would catch fire even watching the YouTube video for it. It'd be really interesting to sort of see what they do with the weather effects and that comes in because from what just tailing on from what you were saying, Pat, it seems like they're doing some weird things with how the weather is supposed to be coming in based on the location and the time that you're playing. Like, it'd be, again, the humidity is supposed to change. You've already mentioned that, but how much of that kind of stuff does change it is it like if it's sprinkling you're sort of fine if it's pissing down are you in strife if it's just really hot your driver gets all sticky how well gran turismo <laughs> does have the, the the raining sort of mechanics and, and has for a while um it sort of fashions itself as like a real world driving simulator i think it's 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 uh like tagline um but you know beyond the rain or the snow or whatever happens to be there i don't think anything will make a difference um but that that, that actual function of like hey it's pouring down rain you need to break longer straighter you know all that kind of stuff mm. that that's that's in the game um but yeah it's uh it's it's just a weird way to take it to be honest with you just to go to this level of depth yeah i don't know if they're going to like hardcore go into it but i think this was very much a thing of like because gran turismo is touted as like that very accurate uh, driving simulator that this is another layer of trying to make things accurate yeah. for those junkies yep. <laughs> yeah which uh, you know, I, i'm all about it like things like iRacing and stuff have like almost a cult following where they are far more simulator um gran turismo started out very arcadey and has gone more simulate uh, like more more of a simulator kind of side of things Almost like what Forza is. Um, no, not Forza Horizon, but just Forza Forza. Yeah, Forza um, Motorsport. Yeah, Forza Motorsport. It's like that weird mix between this is kind of arcadey, but if I turn off the controls, like the, the auto assist and whatnot, it is very similar to, to driving a car, especially if you hook up like pedals and you know, steering wheels and whatnot. Obviously, I'm not a professional race driver, but, you know, it's it's pretty accurate, I think, you know, to what I would expect it to behave like. So it's it sounds like it's going to be the next step in what they want it to do i just don't know if they're there yet or they haven't said anything specific about it you, you strike me as the sort of person that would take your honda record to to the bathurst the old do, do, the do bathurst. a couple of laps yeah do, do a couple <laughs> laps of bathurst we have eastern creek race yeah right eastern like 10 creek from us. let's yeah. go yeah no it's... when's eastern creek gonna be put into gran turismo That'd be cool but uh, <laughs> the sky fun. the skies above eastern creek will look like <laughs> man it feels like 55 degrees out here yeah oh man 
Oh, it's, it's uh, roughly 50 degrees just... and 80% humidity. It does sound like Australia. <laughs> just, just imagine, it's just like, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's 50 degrees outside. You're like, yeah, okay, so that's what's the engine doing. What's the outside temp? Like, no, no, that is the outside no, temp. That is the outside temp, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, cool. Uh, yeah, obviously, um, Gran Turismo, that's right around the corner, isn't it? March... March release? It's like a month away. Yeah. I think it's exactly one month. Hmm. Is it, it is it March 3rd? Uh, some, it's early March. Pretty sure it's early March. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and... Uh, it is March 4th. Okay. Th- thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So Mar- March 3rd in places that aren't Australia and New Zealand. Sweet. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And I'm sure we'll probably end up discussing that at some point in the future. Uh, to other news um more more sad news sad day for people that listen to osts everywhere uh one of the heroes of the industry just got himself 3500 youtube takedown notices uh seth i think you were probably the i think you were crying the loudest when uh, when we all had a, a group sob about this before recording uh yeah uh Gilvasana is like Gilvasana is a hero on YouTube because he's put so many game OSTs on um on the channel basically because they're not available anywhere else officially. So he uh, a lot of the stuff he got taken down was related to Nintendo soundtracks like Legend of Zelda soundtracks, Mario soundtracks, Splatoon. He he had damn near everything on his channel and it was it was fantastic like if you just needed a game soundtrack to listen to while you were working or doing anything really you'd you could just get to their channel and put on one of their playlists because it was very thorough and um i i'm pretty sure they also extended everything out to like 10 15 or even 30 minutes so it was it was a very big channel that's been running for like 11 years maybe more and all of that's going out the window because nintendo just smack them with copyright ids yeah and unfortunately he's made the decision um that basically because everything has been almost stripped off his channel that he'll just remove the channel itself uh this coming friday which is tomorrow for us um so by the time you listen to this it will no longer exist yeah and he he went with this decision because it it's there's so many things he'd have to fight through that it's just not worth it. I mean, a takedown notice takes roughly three months to, to uh, fight against, and you can only fight against one at a time, if I'm not mistaken. This is after, um, oh, there was an anime channel that went through something similar uh, in the last two weeks. Uh, totally not. Mark just went through that yeah. over the Christmas break. Yeah, so, yeah, 3,500. <clears throat> 3,500 is just an insurmountable number of claims to try and fight back on. It's probably just because, like, the individual songs, like, how many, like, a one gameplay has, like, what, 20 songs on an OST? Uh, probably mm-hmm. even more, 40 or 60, depending on longer ones. Yeah, no, it's a shame. Yeah. It's, a shame. It's, it's actually easier to find lo-fi remixes of game soundtracks than it is to find the original game soundtrack now, which is just wild to me. Mm. Arguably better, because the lo-fi yeah. remixes are sometimes better. Sometimes. And also, lo-fi because do. it's Nintendo, there's a high chance you just can't get these in an official mean anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you did want to get it officially, it's like you got to pay like $14,000 for one CD that was printed 20 years ago. And it's printed on like a mini CD that no one has a reader yeah. for anymore. <laughs> if it's even available, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, in... Pull one out. Yeah, yeah. We're all gonna pull one out for for our boy, um, Gilva Sunner. You were you were the best of us. Um, moving into weirder news, the New York Times bought out Wordle uh, on the back of how well we shilled it last episode. That was kind of crazy i'm telling you galactic now this we we interrupted our news section just to talk about this and now it's in our news section proper (laughs) yeah i mm, i'm kind of yeah the so the story goes that new york times bought wordle the game that everyone knows and loves and 
you'd have to think that if they bought Wordle for, uh, I think the article mentions uh, undisclosed sum, but low seven figure. It was a low end of seven digits. Yeah, which one well, million well done. Well done. <laughs> one million on the dot. One million and a- one cent. Anywhere, anywhere between one million to five million. Yeah. Which any anywhere between that is fucking well done for something. Yeah. Well, like Wordle. well done. What was it? Tom, Thomas Thomas Wardle. Josh, uh, Josh Wardle. Josh Wardle. Josh Wardle. Yeah. Well done, um, man. Excellent job getting that as a payday. But I'm skeptical that New York Times isn't going to do something weird with it. Well, their wording was that the game would, uh, in quotes, <laughs> initially remain free for existing <sighs> and new players. So Wordle's dead. Yeah. Like, it, it'll it'll die, and no one's going to yeah. play it except for like the fifty year olds that subscribe to the newspaper so, so. this one this one reminded yep. me do you guys remember house party yeah oh, yes well wow. do you guys remember that house party was bought by epic yeah and then it completely faded into obscurity and yeah then, yeah and now it's <laughs> oh, just like that's cool. I forgot yeah, about it that. got, like it, it got bought by epic right before everyone decided house party shit <laughs> which i don't know it i just, think not it <laughs> it just feels like this is kind of history repeating itself where like literally millions millions of people are playing wordle every day and New York Times is going to buy it, and the moment they they mess with any part of that formula, it's going to go down. I can I can almost I'd almost stake money on it if I had any money to stake on things. <laughs> I give it three months before it goes behind a subscription paywall, yep. and then it's just dead. Yep. The moment it hits that uh, subscription, it's gone. Well, I, mean, like, I would rather now. I would literally rather that they bought it and then unsold it as an app for an arbitrary amount of money that yeah. wasn't a subscription base. If they made it like five bucks, even 10 bucks, I would probably buy it because I'm enjoying it that much. But the fact that there's going to be no option for this and it's going to be yet another subscription coming out of people's things, they're not going to buy it. Like, wh- why was, would they? Yeah, no way. It was a great yeah. line. Um, right, yeah, it was. So in the article, uh, this, this article specifically is from Reuters, um, there's a quote from a tweet. So here we are just, you know, <laughs> layers upon layers of, of the original source of this, which it isn't listed. But the New York Times took one, uh, one nice and simple thing that a lot of people really liked, a dumb bit of fun in our exhaustingly dark times and implied they'll stick it behind a paywall. Yeah, <laughs> and that's capitalism in that a nutshell, isn't it? sums it up, but oh, oh, my heart, my heart. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, uh, like it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to recreate. So I expect uh, as soon as it becomes behind a paywall, someone will release some other version of it that's open source, probably, uh, yeah. and people can continue playing it. I'm, I'm, um, I mean, there's already there other versions like Letteral and Loodle that exist right yeah. now. So there's there's already copycats that aren't exactly Wordle, but like once Wordle is like in the trash people will make alternatives to replace it yep. what's um what surprised me as well was i found out that um there was initially a list of like ten thousand odd words uh and he him and his girlfriend were finding it rather difficult because it would do very obscure words that they'd never heard of so he gave a list to his girlfriend and said okay filter these like by the words you know and they ended up being about 2500 of them now if you do that by 365 there's not that many years that they could run this app for, and they purchased it in the millions. <laughs> like they must, uh, they must expect it to die. But it's it's interesting. It's mm. uh, yeah. and, as long and, as it increases their subscribers uh, by twenty twenty five, they don't care. Yeah. Well, I don't and, even uh, reckon like it'll last that long. Like I've got friends that have already sort of been like, you know, I'm sort of sick of it. Like I enjoy it a lot. It, yeah. I, it, I'm a habit kind of person, right? Like when yeah. it takes two minutes out of my day and uh, friends are and sort of sending joy. it to me, then yeah, well, it gave me a little bit of joy, and it's like it was a good way to wake up. Um, mm. But and yeah. in the moment the New York Times bought it, that that good feeling went. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. did. Now I just feel sad when I do it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, a per- personal message to Josh Wardle. Uh, I know you're a big fan. 
uh, it's fine. You know, we, we don't we don't ask for much, but a kickback of you know a thousand, two thousand, we'll call it we'll call it square. Um, you know, P, uh, have us launch that Patreon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, just just get in touch with us, uh, fasttravellounge at gmail.com, and we'll discuss payment. Uh, cheers, buddy. Looking forward to looking forward to the letter. Um, <laughs> he, uh, and enjoy the he Bahamas. Mad bank too. He uh, he was a <laughs> software engineer for some pretty reputable places before he sold this as well. So yeah. Anyway, uh, should mm. we move on to the next bit of news? Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, and the next. We got a few few different stories here, and they're all related to bum, ba, bum, ba, bum. a follow-up to last week's story of Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Sony said, "Hold my beer, I want to be on that train too," and went and bought Bungie for what are we at three three point six billion? Five, yeah, three point six. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Microsoft owns Crash Bandicoot, and now Sony owns the people that made Halo. This is truly the weirdest of timelines. <laughs> I don't I know about you guys. Thing I'm, I'm, was, um... I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Nintendo next week to announce that they bought Rockstar. Uh, honestly, well, see, I think Sony they... will buy Rockstar at some point. I, I, I don't. Wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, it's talking talking about Nintendo. I was going to leave that for a little bit later, but there's an additional note to this news of that Nintendo has openly said, uh, like just a couple of hours ago, that they're open to doing acquisitions of their own now. And that they think they're only halfway into the Switch's life cycle. Yeah. Although, um, one of those tweets, the one pertaining to acquisitions, that for the most part, they said that they weren't going to look at changing their investment strategy on the back of these acquisitions. But, you know, that they'd be open to acquisitions in the future. So it sounds like that they're fairly okay with the way things are at the moment. But if something comes along in the future... Unless, did you get a different take on that, Seth? I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they bought Mercury Steam recently because of how well they did on Metroid. Yeah, it's probably just a lot of absorptions. I wouldn't. Oh yeah, I'm Metroid is effectively a Nintendo IP anyway. Yeah, okay. Cra- crazy idea. Yeah, but uh, the, the team that made uh, uh, Metroid Dread is a third party. Yeah, and uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Nintendo just bought them out to make more Metroid. Crazy idea. Nintendo. Nintendo says, "Hold my beer," and then buy Sony. Nintendo wouldn't have the money to buy Sony. Uh, or maybe they, Sony's they, gaming. They get a, if they get a, maybe Sony's they, gaming they get a, department, yeah. but they, Sony they, they, they as they a whole. A, oh. No, no, no. They 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 get a loan from from all those gold coins and Bowser's castles uh, across, <laughs> you know, like all the game world and then they go to Sony with these giant cartoonishly large bags of money and they just say, we'll buy it. Well, that's how Microsoft we'll take, we'll already, <laughs> Mario has already ransacked all those gold coins. Okay, so the, the hot take of the day is that everybody, it'll be as good as the Mario movie is. So Chris Pratt is the voice of how good Nintendo will be. Right, ignoring that disaster. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was actually trying to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, Microsoft originally bought Bungie and then uh, they either let Bungie go or Bungie left Microsoft for some reason to go to Activision and then Microsoft bought Activision straight like just after Bungie leaves and now Bungie's going to Sony so like, <laughs> like what where is there's, like, definitely, you... there's definitely an abusive relationship going on there yeah they're like anything to stay away from Microsoft I don't think Microsoft ever owned Bungie but they wanted to acquire them but Bungie was very adamant about staying uh their own studio or apparently like bungie like tried to sell themselves to microsoft and microsoft thought they were like overvaluing themselves so they said no go away come back later Uh, but these these are how they buy activision for 70 billion yeah (laughs) 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 after the worst scam that activision has been in in like the better part of three decades of scams that's that's wild to me honestly i think a lot of that money for the activision deal might have something to do with king i reckon it's more probably just the ip it's probably just the ip itself a lot of money candy crush is a lot of money on the table it is soccer mom's got a lot of dough that's probably the most 
make money, um, they'll ever make. Yeah, and so as part of the Sony, I realize we sort of touched a whole bunch of different news stories here. So back to the original one, Sony buying Bungie. Um, some of that money is on retention policies to keep people at Bungie, which I thought was an interesting take because normally you hear about these large acquisitions and you just expect large amounts of staff turnover to be a part of it. But it sounds like Sony is really trying to avoid that with this, which I thought was an interesting take. Yeah, one third of the uh, the value is to keep people employed at Bungie. Which is a lot when you think about it. And I think that's a really smart move because the studio is one thing, but it's the people behind the studio that are main that are the main things you're trying to acquire in these big deals. Yeah, once the, once the big, names leave the studio like they're they're not really as valuable for the uh brand's name as you would imply yeah like like the industry puts a lot of value on the uh team names and not so much on the people behind them so um like when you you just see the name you'll see the name bungie on something later but if the people that made bungie what they are aren't there anymore then you're not promised the same type of value in my eyes mm, i um i follow a few different um people actually from bungie on twitter and one of them is a an art artist and you know they've had nothing but positive things to say uh that i've seen so it's it obviously there's made an impression which is good you don't want these people like disappearing that seems to happen with most uh studio buyouts though because a lot of uh, people that work at Activision and Blizzard places were saying they were really excited that Microsoft was buying them out as well. So like just Yeah, but that's because they're not gonna be under Bobby Coding for much longer. <laughs> yeah. Activision Blizzard was on fire. Yeah, that that's that that's because sixty eight billion of that deal is going to Bobby Kodic to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just mean in the sense of like when these happen, you always get like a a bunch of uh, developers saying they're very excited for their future with after the buyout. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you get excited about what the future will hold and you're probably optimistic about what's going to be. I mean, I was uh, part of a well, very, very, actually the largest, I think, uh, buyout in Australia's history for a financial company very recently. And uh, there was nothing but nerves for the most part. So it's interesting that it, it seems to be like so one-sided that I have seen where it's just nothing but positive, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think when it comes to a creative industry, it's like maybe a buyout means we get more creative freedom. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, especially if they're trying to keep people there, then you can sort of leverage and say, well, you know, what we've been this doing clearly works. So do. you want to want to yeah. keep us. So let us yeah. dig further into this, um, which would be cool. So yeah, mm. and uh, in like trying to keep people there, I think we've also got a very good idea of why they're trying to keep people there so much because uh, PlayStation and the part of the deal with uh, PlayStation and Bungie is that PlayStation wants Bungie Studio to help them with live service games. I hate that so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, de- uh, like as much as I'm like very iffy on Destiny, it's as a um as a franchise and like across the industry, it's seen as massive success. So Sony wants a piece of that pie, and to the point they're saying they're going to launch ten live service games by 2026. <laughs> that's gonna that's be a s- really short timeline. That is that is four years. I imagine that a lot of that's already in development. Yeah, I I I believe so. Yeah. Ten, oh, ten, ten of them, but, but ten. Right. Yeah, to yeah. to have ten like short. Let let's say there are twenty in development. To have ten released in the next four years is a crazy high number to me. There's going to be a God of War one. <laughs> a last of us one an uncharted, an uncharted one. one yeah and, and a crash what other games does sony have yeah yeah no not crash bandicoot that's demon that's souls awesome. <laughs> i guess they already launched um uh, destruction all-stars which fell flat on its face you know what out of all the games that sony own gran turismo would be the one i'd play the most of if it was live service i'd, I'd be semi okay with that 
they they did talk about Gran Turismo being continually updated to bring in new cars and tracks down the line. Mm. Yeah. That'd be the one I'd be okay with because it would you can only break that in so many ways. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> it's car racing. How hard could it be? <laughs> exactly. They just add like push bikes. <laughs> Gran Turismo Horizon. Just make the car racing good, Fivehead. <laughs> um, this deal is like the way they're talking about it at the moment is very confusing to me. Because it's, it seems like Sony's thrown money at Bungie for Bungie to get all the benefits. Like, Bungie's very adamant about, like, they're going to stay independent. They're still going to release games on everything and basically still be a third-party company. But they're using Sony's resources to expand their universes. So we might see, like, a Destiny movie come from a Sony studio down the line or something. I think and that just to sort of stop there like a, a studio having its own creative freedom as a studio is one thing but having access to talent that may move around internally is something else entirely especially if they're looking at live service games and how they can best implement that stuff you can have the cross talent working on multiple different things or even just say hey you know you've been put out there's an opportunity for you to evolve out of your role into this role uh, that's a new thing we're spinning up, right? And you can move talent across and just actually have that, you know, not necessarily uh, absorb a company, but remove certain key features after they're in and out of development for where they need them. Um, and I think that's going to be the big reason why. Yeah, I, I can see that. But when it comes to game development as well, I, I kind of uh, go with the opinion that... You don't buy out a company for this big of an investment and say, oh no, it's okay. Release your games on the comp uh, competition's platforms. <laughs> we'll look at Zenimax and Activision right then. Like, they're still releasing. They, they've they already said that like their future games aren't coming to PlayStation after their contracts are done, though. That's not in stone. That's not, you know, uh, they're, they're not saying that no games will come out. They're basically coming out and saying, don't expect it to. There's nothing to stop them still <laughs> releasing the next Elder Scrolls. Like, I'm not saying that it's likely. I don't think it is likely. But they could if they really wanted to keep releasing things in that market. Like, Microsoft in general has been recently a, a big fan of trying to get everything on every platform so they've released games on playstation they've released games on switch they've released almost everything they can on pc so it wouldn't surprise me to have these big investments be more about the games and the profit that they generate rather than the the console itself and exclusivity i think sony's right. probably be I... backwards with that but yeah yeah no sony if coming from the sony side of things sony is a very adamant on like their ecosystem and they do want to branch a little bit but not to the point where i think they're okay with releasing their games on other consoles but to the point where they're okay releasing on pc now mm. but even then it's to a delayed point where it's like am i still interested a in bunch this of game ps4 five games later? are coming to <laughs> like yeah like they're coming five years later um it, there's rumors that some ps5 games are going to start coming but they're like a year later at this point maybe like two years um, they're, they're very much about their own ecosystem, so it's very surprising to see uh, them buy up a company, but uh, the company still being very adamant about their future releases being fine, because I don't expect Destiny 2 to be uh, locked behind PlayStation forever now. 
but like a future Bungie game, I would kind of expect to be PlayStation only. So is yeah. that, does this mean that PlayStations are getting an Anthem too? That's an EA game. It is too. Wasn't it made by Bungie though? No, that no. was made by Bioware. Oh, it's Bioware. That's okay. Never yeah, mind. That, that, that was the that was the the trifecta in the can Bioware release something that's not shit, please. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. And the answer was no. <laughs> Maybe I'm just I'm just so worried about Bioware being being eaten up, <laughs> be, being taken to the farm by EA. You mean? Yeah, and then shot behind the... the, go, the, the way, yeah. go the way of Maxis. So, <laughs> yeah. Bungie have done Destiny. They've done Halo. They did a game called Oni. Um, they did... I think that's about it, to be honest. Marathon, I yeah, think. Yeah, sounds them. about right. Because when they were with Microsoft, they were basically the Halo company. Mm. And they've, they've only been away from Microsoft long enough to do the two Destiny games. Yeah. Which they've also said that they've got, like free projects in very early development like probably just conceptual stages at the moment or even alpha stages but they do have other projects outside of destiny in the work <laughs> okay so let me put it this way when i googled bungie to see what games that they release the very top you, thing you, that you found google the jump shows, no 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 so the very first thing that google says that people search for is is bungie still making games <laughs> so, it's been a hot minute <laughs> You know, when you're when you're acquired by Sony, you're kind of expected to just make movies from now on. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Nothing but uh, nothing but cutscenes where I press one button every couple of seconds for me, please. They look good, but yeah. and they're exclusive, yeah. right? Exclusive equals good. That's what they keep telling me. <laughs> that, was that was unironic, it, Steve. That was <laughs> unironic. Was, right, so, so let's let's do let's do some predictions. Who do you think the next big acquisition is going to be? I told you, Nintendo's going to buy Sony. <laughs> I don't want to get into this. I don't want more acquisitions. I don't want the industry to become consolidated the way it's shaping now. U- Ubisoft is going to buy an Ubisoft company. <laughs> I reckon EA and Ubisoft merge. <laughs> I think that's been something that I've been expecting for a while. To create the world's shittest fucking video games. <laughs> <laughs> And arguably the worst desktop application ever seen to man. EA, you play. Or Origin, you play. Oh, God, imagine. Both of them are still on Game Pass, though. Call it Ubisoft desktop application. (laughs) And the first game that they release is Sims 5. It's open world and everything's a fetch quest. I um I expect Sony to buy Sega. I honestly have been expecting that for the last ten years. Yeah, me too. But I would not be. Surprised. Everyone's been on the boat that Microsoft is going to buy Sega for like the past five years. That open world I mean, Sonic game. To rare, so I hope not. Huh. I um I also am under the impression that Capcom will start buying out some studios with the success that they've recently had. Oh, oh yeah. you think so? A lot of people think that Capcom will get bought out instead. I don't think Capcom would allow it. Um, I I think they would have to be struggling in order to to accept that. And Capcom is struggling outside of Resident Evil and Monster Hunter. They're not struggling Do, do, do they make games outside though. of Resident Evil and Monster they, Hunter? They were, they were almost bankrupt like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, world, baby. Uh, what about yeah, Marvel vs. So Capcom? much money. Oh, don't even. Maybe they'll get bought out by Marvel. <laughs> then it's just Marvel. No, I, um, I expect Capcom to start trying to, like, fill its roster a little bit more with games that do make money, and I think that'll be buying some indie devs. Um, that, that's what I'm expecting. Which I'd be fine with some indie devs sort of going under. I think the massive sales, like what Seth's saying, and saturating the market so you end up with a Disney problem is not what I want. Yeah, and that's kind of like where everything's pointing to. And thank you. I, EA. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this industry war of who can outbid who for oh, yeah. massive that, shares well, of the industry. Yeah, that's what's come. It's coming down to Microsoft's not even playing against Sony. They're playing against like Google and Amazon. So all they're doing is just gearing up <laughs> yeah, for their, their upcoming war. <laughs> they're just playing chess, and everyone that- else is playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, uh, in in talking of the acquisition, so uh, Jim Ryan, the guy that runs it, uh, Sony Entertainment at the moment, is saying to absolutely expect them to make more acquisitions. Yeah, I would not but be surprised. Whether that's to. like, yeah, whether whether that's big, massive purchases or just like developer purchases like Bungie, we'll have to see. Honestly, uh, I think to anyone that has a lot of tech knowledge, the age of like a dedicated console in general is very quickly coming to a, to an end, even for gaming PCs. It'll end up being... I don't think so, because they're still selling we- really well. Yeah, but you give that 10 years, 20 years, that, that market is going to be very drastically different. It will be very streams. People have been saying that for 20 plus years, though. Yeah, but we now have the data centers in terms of like AWS and Azure and everything, where you could theoretically develop something to be just streaming which they're they're trying they're not doing an amazing job at but once they get that tech down pat you'll just have a screen uh and i think that sony integrations with their their tvs and everything will play a major part in them actually surviving or failing um but that's just you know tech forecast i I don't know how accurate that's going to be that's what i see it being i think they need to get ips and everything under their belt so that they can prepare for that but there's massive parts of the world that aren't ready for that, so I think consoles are going to stay for a long time. They're not massive parts. They're massive parts of the world, right? But they're not massive uh, markets, let's say. They're massive parts of like the gaming world. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of the market is China and the US and Australia and all these other countries that could theoretically do this, assuming Australia's internet doesn't get botched again. Um, <laughs> like it, especially you know, if we come up with some kind of way to deliver, like the um, what's the Elon Musk thing called? The internet through the Starlink. 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 Yeah. Like yeah. even something like that would drastically shift up that the momentum for that kind of thing. Because you could deliver it to screens in the world and all you need is the data center somewhere. Um, you don't need to worry about internet connection if it's being delivered by a wireless satellite. So it's, um, I don't know, but it's is it interesting to see where it will fall, I think. I, I, I just think we're not going to see it for a couple of decades. I'd give it one and a half, maybe, maybe less. Yeah, I've just been like from, people have been saying this for 20 years already, I don't see it happening for maybe another 20 anyway mm. but where the difference between this is i think like you can stream what well, there was flash games right which were the equivalent of games 20 years ago um i don't think games are going to get that much more advanced that it's going to be a huge leap to keep up with technology in terms of like data center and whatnot so i don't know we'll see mm. Um, when's when's farmville coming to consoles fuck's sake Stardew Valley. no one cares <laughs> <laughs> If, um, uh, if if anyone out there listening has their own opinions, they can get in touch with us. We have a mailbag, fasttravellounge at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at fasttravellounge, minus one of the L's, and Facebook at fasttravellounge. Is Josh right? Is Seth right? Are you right? Let us know. Uh, the final piece of news, we sort of already touched on it, but uh, Nintendo um, basically saying that they're not really looking at changing their investment strategy, but they might be open to acquisitions in the future. Um, guess we'll sort of see what happens with that. I don't know that we need to discuss too well, much of that there Anyone is have one any? part that i want to discuss in that that is very quick but um i know seth is also probably itching at the uh the the mouth for this the fact that nintendo said hey the switch is only halfway through its life cycle and everyone screamed at the exact same time <laughs> i i think that just means like uh like whatever the next 
I think they're due for a new console very soon, but it's just going to be a Switch 2. No, it's going to be the Switch Pro. I, the I new expect Switch. it to be like a, a Switch Pro or the new Switch. It's been so long since the Switch came out that a Switch Pro is basically a Switch 2 in my eyes. <laughs> it is, but I think that for the sake of they don't want another Wii U, they will call yeah. it something else. <laughs> <laughs> Switch U. <laughs> imagine. So imagine. Uh, I, I, think, I think the number strategy works because obviously people go PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. The Wii and the Wii U was such a weird naming scheme, but Switch to Switch 2 makes sense. You know, yeah, I think right. that... Hear, hear me out, hear me out. The, the, the next console is called Switch, like like Wii, like in the Switch. Like Switch. Oh, God. Switch Shut the fuck up. Switch it you, it you just will. plays so, the really so, cursed Miiverse music. <laughs> my my vision is that they're going to call it the new Nintendo Switch 3DS. No, I think I think they'll probably call it like a Switch 2 or um, or the new. That naming Switch. convention was so hard. It was just like it's the new 3DS. What's different? It's new. Like okay, and it's got <laughs> yeah. a C stick. Oh, so it is new. Well, no, but it's basically the same. Like, oh, okay, but it's got a C stick. Like just is it new? <laughs> yes. Damn it. <laughs> what they what they need. To do, but right? it's got the same hardware. <laughs> and then they use that C stick for exactly two games. Yeah. What's they- like? One of Help them being Monster Hunter. Yeah, one was Monster Hunter. One was that pit game that no one really played. Kid Icarus. I love that Kid Icarus game. It was so good, but it gives Kid Icarus game. It it was good, but no one I knew played it other than you and me. You 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 could you could bind it you could bind it in Smash you could bind it in Smash Four. Oh, could you? I never played Smash yeah. on a, on a handheld console because why on earth would I? <laughs> what, what they need to do is just add a second screen to the Switch. And then it's like... And then make it foldable? You made it foldable. Yeah. But then you can close it and That's put it That's why I'm up. saying the new Switch 3DS. Oh my god. The, the two, one, two Switch. I, what they I need heard, to do is add 3D that no one will use into the screen for the Switch. <laughs> I heard a, a, a wild theory. This was ages ago now and obviously disproven since. But the... Um, uh, that the uh, Switch was capable of not proper VR like the other systems but that you could do like a semi VR by because of the size of the tablet. Yeah, they had a Labo kit where you could just build a VR headset out of cardboard. Yeah, I, I forgot that they turned that into an actual Labo, but yeah, I think there was like a Kickstarter or something that I don't even know what happened to that, but claiming that they could that you could turn your Switch into VR using um basically just optic optic trickery uh and some lenses which from I vaguely remember some reviews saying that like it sort of works with a very specific game, but otherwise you're just ruining either your eyes or your gameplay experience or both. Yeah, or both is probably the kicker there. But yeah, anyway, um, any final final comments on halfway through Switch lifecycle or are we good to move on? No, I think... God, please, just mean that you're doing a Switch 2 that's, ha- that's improved hardware. Yeah. Otherwise, I will not be able to stand another five years of the Switch's shitty hardware. I think my thoughts are literally that what because all of their consoles, uh, handheld or otherwise, have been a, a huge leap in technology. Uh, whether that technology was wanted or not is another debated thing, but they've been a pretty big generational gap between them in terms of what they do and why they do it. So I think what mm. they mean is that the Switch handheld screen kind of in the middle era is not ending yet. They're probably only halfway through their way where they predict their next leap will be in technology. So So when Pokemon Legends RCS two comes out on the Switch two, it might run it On the Switch, yes. It might run it <laughs> over thirty frames seven twenty P. Hell this ga- this game <laughs> might run me. it over thirty frames a second on the Switch two. Uh, right, Arceus so doesn't even hold thirty frames a second, what do you mean? Do you and I can't see more than twenty four frames a second. Yeah, but if you, yeah, yeah, but Steve, you have two eyes, it's forty eight frames per second. <laughs> 
Mm, what a fun. What about my third eye when I meditate? If I wear glasses. Um, anyway. Well, you got the other two closed. <laughs> Not if you meditate well enough. <laughs> the eyes only just uh, close from the distractions. If I hone my senses. No, uh, shall we move on? Speak, Is a blink just taking a screenshot? What? No. <laughs> 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 the audience question for this fuck damn it Steve now I've thought about it now it's in my head uh, we have an audience question for this week uh, Tom uh, big fan of the show he writes in and says uh, hey guys how has your taste in video games changed over your life and what do you think has caused those changes uh, who wants to start I'm happy to I can start okay, Jinx oh, yeah, Steve okay. you start <laughs> oh actually legit okay um, so I don't think my <laughs> Tastes have changed that much. Like I was thinking back to all the games I used to play, they used to just be half action adventure, half RPG, half uh, weird whatever I can find, like platformers or whatever. I don't think I've actually evolved my taste much. Like I'm still playing Pokemon, still playing Halo, like as the biggest games recently. I will say that I'm probably a bit more cautious with how I choose to invest my time in games, in a sense that like if I see a game. And I don't like to look like I'll always look at like reviews and achievement lists and like sort of a general vibe of what the game is before I jump straight into it. So you mean you're, you're less likely just to see a game and you're like, oh, that looks interesting, like just off screenshots alone and then just buy it. Exactly. Well, I remember in like, I think it was like 2009, I had some Christmas money and I walked into EB Games and I bought Dragon Age Origins, literally never oh, hearing about that this. game. Yeah, I literally had never heard about the game before. I literally just picked up the box. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. I'll buy it. And, like, I love that franchise. I love Fred Dragon Age. You know, I love that game. And then you basically handed it to me when we were working together and said, play this. And you didn't. <laughs> I did. I love that game. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I did. Amazing game. But I would never do that now. Like, the idea of, like, going to a shop, buying a game without knowing anything about it is worrying. But that's because I'm very yeah. time poor now. But then at the same time... And also there are a lot more games where they're effectively just cash grabs than what they used to be. So Yeah. yeah. And I get the feeling if there was a lot more games with like microtransactions and sort of things when I was younger, I might have fallen into it a bit. And there's always like the constant games that are like, it's like an open world type of game, but it's literally just padding out the content with just like extra random generated quests that don't really lead to anything. Arceus. Yeah. <laughs> Got 100% that Pokedex, right? Do all those research tasks. Um, so yeah, long story short, literally me just being time poor has just changed the games I play, the taste has not changed. The taste stays the same. And my tastes are the best tastes. Fair enough. Uh, Seth? Uh, so when I was a kid, I was more leaning towards uh, platformers and action-adventure games. But um, as I started getting older, I started leaning towards more of the RPG routes. Like, I still play a good mix of um every genre, but I've got a bigger backlog of what most people would consider rpg games and yeah that's where i put a lot of my time now into fair enough um anything else to say on that like you you stopped so suddenly i wasn't sure like that was succinct that was great um do you have any other thoughts or yeah no not really like i still play a lot of like what i really like like i got very hyped up when crash Bandicoot 4 came out because i was a big fan of the original trilogy um i still enjoy arcadey racing games and everything but um yeah like uh as a kid like um the rpgs i mostly played were um pokemon basically but now it's reversed where it's like 
this is the genre I play the most of now. Like, I'm surrounded by the Final Fantasies, the Kingdom Hearts, Personas, and everything on that front. Hmm, fair enough. Uh, Josh? My, my taste has definitely dramatically shifted. Um, but in games... Not so much. So so what I mean by that is when I first started playing games, I was playing FPS, I was playing puzzle games, I was playing RPGs, I was playing whatever I could get my hands on just to fill some time, right? Um, but those were primarily single player, uh, and I was playing it for the enjoyment of the game or the story, uh, whereas now uh, after you know the invention of TeamSpeak and Discord and all of these other sort of, I guess the growth of gaming in general, I find myself playing games because other play- people are playing them or to experience you know uh, even just a temporary like short match with other people just to play with friends I don't find myself playing a lot of single player games anymore uh, and if I do it's usually just because they it looks like something that I, I would want to enjoy alone whether that's a story like like Alan Wake or something like that that I know I'm just going to absolutely love um then, I, then I'll play a single-player game, but even then, half the time, I'm usually chatting to other people while I'm doing so. So the actual, the way I play games has become very different, and that's affected the games that I play. Um, my taste in games, I think, is mostly pretty much the same. I, I would still rather play a story RPG than, than a FPS, but I'll play the FPS if that's what people are playing kind of thing. Um, what about you, Patrick? Yeah, fair enough. Um... Shoot, for me, uh, the first video game that I ever played was a racing game, and I still think that racing games make up a good chunk of what I play. Uh, I I was trying to think, um, yeah, while, while you were talking, whether I've played more or less ranked or, like, match-made online games, uh, like, now versus uh, earlier on. I'm not actually sure. I... I think nowadays I, I I certainly used to get more frustrated at games, um, like as in like more kind of you know childish rage, like oh it's so unfair. Like I remember I remember not being able to beat um, Crunch in Crash Bandicoot one or two or what, one of the Crash Bandicoots. I forget the, the one that Crunch is the first boss in. Crunch was four. What? Crunch was in four. Uh, as a kid, Crunch was in an earlier game as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was an earlier game. I'm. I'm s- no, Crunch was introduced in Crash 4. I'm remembering wrong as well, then. I'm remembering wrong as well. Do not argue with me, with me on this. No, I'm the I, biggest I Crash you. fan no, no, here. I, I know. That, that's that's why I think... Uh, who was the first boss in Wrath of Cortex? Crunch, which is Crash 4. Oh. Crash 4, the one that just came out. Yeah. I mean, Wrath of Cortex at the time was the fourth main Crash Bandicoot game. So Crash 4 is Crash 5? Crash Crash 4 is like Crash 8. God, I hate that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 saying that number off the top of my head, but I also think that's accurate. Yeah, no, 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 I, so, I, I believe you. I know, I've quickly but... looked it up. So uh, the Wrath of Cortex is the sixth Crash Bandicoot game, but the fourth oh chronologically. God. The fourth chronologically. <laughs> what, what is this Spyro? You know, the Spyro Crash Universe because, we've got into because Crash Team Racing and uh, Crash Bash happened, but they're uh, they're uh, spin-offs. <laughs> anyway, I remember I remember raging quite a lot when I was really young um playing that and part of that was because i didn't i didn't have a memory card for my ps2 until 2007 ish so it was like you know turn the ps2 off and process gets reset so now and then also like my ps3 got wiped because i got y lotted um you know other bits and pieces so now i think i'm also more time poor so i'm also more selective but i'm also just i'm not in the mood to play a game that's just gonna like frustrate me so i i don't play any match made games solo anymore i i will play rocket league i'll play dota i'll play 
hell like i'd probably play team fight tactics with league of legends but i'll never play it just as me i'll always play it either with people or in some kind of communal fashion which i don't think i would have done as much back you know earlier on like i would have absolutely stayed late into the night just solo queuing in whatever game i was playing and i would have been totally fine with that and i think that's probably the biggest change um beyond that yeah i'm not sure i i think i'm also kind of like uh, steve where it used to be very rare like my parents are very anti-video game shock <laughs> and um it used to be that they would they would be they would grudgingly like i would i would have to beg and beg and beg that i'd go to eb games and so if for whatever reason the game that i really wanted was out of stock which happened a couple times it was kind of pick another game or we're not coming back for like weeks and so i would just buy like pick a game that just looked interesting and the one that's sticking out for me for whatever reason it was a bionicle game on the ds and it was pretty fun it wasn't the game that i went there to get but i i have impulse impulse bought games more recently but they on the tin have said that they are very um stop and start like they're games that you do like a playthrough or a run through of some sort and then you stop almost roguelike but not quite um and i think that's probably something that i'll continue to do into the future i yeah that's probably all i really have to say on that it's it's changed i think matured is probably the right word um my tastes are matured and refined but can i roll a story off one of the ones you just said sure um so i just remembered that as a kid i also played a lot of um uh cash in games i want to call them uh so uh i played a shark tale game at a friend's house once and um i i wanted it as a kid but um my mom went to the kmart to go get it but they were out of stock of it so instead she brought back two games uh a scooby-doo platforming game and jack 2 <laughs> and jack 2 is now one of my favorite games ever made Yo. <laughs> the scooby-doo one wasn't bad either i remember that <laughs> yeah the scooby-doo one wasn't bad but jack 2 was yeah, peak. jack 2 was excellent i uh i i think that was the yeah because i'm i'm now remembering a lot of because i i was a big um ratchet and clank original trilogy guy um oh yeah sly cooper original trilogy guy and i'm sure there's another original trilogy in there that i misremember it wasn't jack and dax to jack and dax i never I never got into um but they were they were all games that were introduced to me by playing either at a, either by playing at a friend's house or like just chatting to other people at school uh, and you know just sort of convincing myself that like yeah that sounds like a game that i'd find really fun um actually it was it took place way way later than that but borderlands i i got into by just having chats after chats after chats with people at lunchtime uh, at high school and they're all saying you know borderlands is great you get to do all this stuff there's infinite guns and like all this customization stuff and i thought wow that's that's crazy that's that sounds so good and so when i went to go and buy it of course it's r18 and so uh that was sort of like a moment of reckoning of like hey mom <laughs> wow you guys had r18 back then what do you mean australia only just got we it. didn't we get didn't it. it yeah we just got oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah we, did, yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah, get absolutely. r18 until like midway through the ps3 generation yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean th this was 20 um 11 2010 or 2011 yeah when i, I think we didn't get it until like 2013 mm, but anyway yeah I, I don't really know why i went into the tangent but more just like it's crazy how games that i now look back on fondly were kind of introduced by chance or introduced by circumstances that if if you know if something had been slightly different i probably might have found them later on in a different way or i might not have at all yeah two games that i really enjoy were introduced by me seeing other people play them and ended up well, one of them was a present and the other one was happenstance. So back when I was in preschool, uh, 
uh, someone had a Game Boy with Pokemon on it, and that was like my introduction to Pokemon, and I really wanted it. So um, a few years later, like after watching the anime for a bit and not having the games, I for Christmas I got a Game Boy Advance and Pokemon Gold and Silver both uh, to go with it, and that was my introdu- introduction to the Pokemon games. Loved them to bits. But um, a few years later, I saw someone playing the uh, Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku games. Yeah. I was going to bring that up as well. Fantastic. Good games. Yeah. And um, I went to EB Games looking for Pokemon Emerald because I saw someone playing um, Ruby or Sapphire. And hey, Pokemon on the Game Boy Advance, I really wanted it. But they were all out of stock. And just happened to be there was um, Legacy of Goku 2. So I picked that up and another fantastic game that I love to bits. Yeah, I wanted to actually like literally mention Legacy of Goku because... Uh, very similar to Patrick. My parents weren't anti-game. My dad himself was a pretty decent gamer for, at the time, but we didn't have a huge amount of money, right? So, uh, <laughs> my parents weren't anti-gamer. In fact, my dad was actually a pro gamer. <laughs> a pro gamer, yeah. He was in the the Dota pro team before Dota existed. No, um, no, he uh, like Evo he, champion. The reason we had a, a PS One was because <laughs> yeah. he he got a Nintendo, and yeah, he he played the the SNES uh, a lot as a kid uh, slash early adult um and uh we we didn't yeah they weren't anti-game but we didn't have a huge amount of money growing up so the way that i played my games were christmas presents or birthday presents pretty much from either family or or did you know that would be the game i gave the year so the another way that yeah that was uh, that was around this about the same way i had new games yeah so like christmas money or christmas presents pretty much yeah until i started working when i was like 12 um i yeah i, I found it the 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 way my tastes in games have changed a lot, I think, from there is that not only were I, was I playing games that I wouldn't normally play because it was the last one left, uh, and of various types of games because other people were picking them out for me, but it was also, hey, I'll sit here and I'll play Pokemon for 800 hours because it's the only game I have that I still enjoy, or I'll sit there and I'll play Legacy Goku even though it's frustrating for me as a kid and I'm finding it really hard and I don't know what I'm doing, but because I had nothing else to play i would just sit there and play it for hundreds of hours and supersonic warriors i did the same fight over and, over, game. and over again perfect game like excellent game uh but it's just you know you wouldn't do that anymore you'd just be able to download a new app on your phone or there's a million other ways to get access to these things and i think that really shaped the way that i play games at the moment as well uh it's i i should clarify um my, my parents are into game and they're probably still uh, they, they, they might be slightly more relaxed now. They, they were certainly more anti-game when I was growing up than Candy Crush is stuff them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, none of them have any games on their smartphones. Um, but the the first experience that I ever had with a gaming thing was that Dad was over in Sydney for a conference back in two thousand and whenever the PS two came out, one or two, two or whatever, two thousand two, I think. I, yeah, somewhere about. Yeah, probably two thousand and two. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was one in uh, in Japan. And so he he came back from Sydney with a PlayStation Two uh, and Formula One two thousand and one, uh, and I don't think he had the racing wheel at the time. Yeah, no, it was it was it was just that it was it was a, it was a controller, PlayStation Two, and Formula One two thousand and one, and we had a at the time fairly large one of those really really heavy. Um, plasma screen TVs, like the really oh, and the mega thick the, ones as well. Oh. They're, yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they weren't like actually that big. Like, <laughs> that was like, yeah, like they're, they're not actually that big, but they were just very, very heavy, very thick. Uh, and so, um, Dad was was amazed at how here we had like a you know a, like a, an interactive way of playing Formula One. Um, and so he he played that for quite a bit, and then he was like, "Hey, Patrick, like check this out." And so he handed me the controller, 
and it's all then he realized he fucked up yeah <laughs> and, and sit and and no joke we had to downsize the tv because of how close my siblings and i were sitting uh, to the tv to play it and the ps2 we used all the way until 2000 and i think nine when we replaced it with a ps3 but at that point it was barely reading ps2 discs anymore um and that's sort of when the anti well the anti-game crusade started right after they bought the ps2 <laughs> but now it's come <laughs> full they circle and now their children yeah yeah exactly and now that now that dad's um slowly backing off in like bits and pieces of his work he's got more downtime now and i've noticed that he started playing kerbal space program oh and my god, god. Oh, nice. because no no because now now he now he acts as sheepish around us as i had to do back when i was a kid playing video games around him <laughs> where it's like oh no dad's coming and you like hide the like video like hide the like gba or whatever under your pillow and you're like you yeah, know I'm, I'm not doing anything and then dad will just be like typing and clicking around and then you'll see him very obviously alt tab to like a spreadsheet or something when you <laughs> it just pops up on steam on the right hand side like patrick's dad is now playing <laughs> space program <laughs> <laughs> man i'm i'm so glad that you have a good experience story about a racing game with your dad because i have a terrible one with one of my mum's exes wow uh so uh, after my parents no no uh, after my parents yeah, divorced, in, the game, in the game um, <laughs> oh no, no too deep no, too deep it, do, do, <laughs> no uh after my parents divorced um uh, one of my uh, mum's uh, boyfriends like not long after was just this junkie asshole and um uh he he hogged our ps2 like something fierce like um oh, no. and and the game was uh, the game of choice was gran turismo 3 oh, so game. hey rolling that back it, it is but the way he played that and just kicked us off the playstation to play it's like absolutely killed that game for me yeah see my um my one of my very first memories the first two games that i remember playing ever were quake uh, when it very first released, the original Quake, uh, and Gran Turismo on the PS1. Uh, and I've loved car games ever since because it was something I did with my dad. And we just went through and we just played Gran Turismo, even to the point where I hadn't played one in a couple of years. Um, and he came with the, because I just didn't have a PlayStation. I never had a PlayStation 3 or a 4. And he had one at his place. He just came home with a PlayStation 4 said, oh, I want to play Gran Turismo. And we just sat there doing Gran Turismo Sport, trying to beat each other's time trials for months. Like that's that's all we did. Yeah. So it's uh it's you know it's pretty awesome like just the way it can bring us together. But it's crazy how much your random interactions can shape just you know huge portions of your life based upon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at me now, yeah, Dad. I like as <laughs> <laughs> back when uh, back when we had the PS One, like I loved uh, playing Gran Turismo Two at my uh, grandparents' place because my uncles were there and. They had like a bunch of PlayStation One games to play, and Grand Turismo Two was like up there for me. Uh, Grand Turismo Three, I loved a lot until like I just couldn't stand it because we couldn't play it anymore. And I haven't really been back to Grand Turismo since, mostly because, um, like because of that Grand Turismo Three experience, but also I just kind of uh got away from realistic uh, uh driving sims and got more into the arcadey ones. And like I'm, I'm really glad that Seven's coming out now because I really do want to give that a a good try. One other funny moment I should add to the Formula One twenty uh, two thousand and one stuff is that um, there there was like a, a period between when Dad handed me the controller the first time and then realizing that he committed one of the unforgivable sins, um, <laughs> where he he went and bought a steering wheel to really give himself the immersion. So we had a steering wheel and pedals, and he was using that to play Formula One, and. Uh, was and it a that, Formula that was One great. steering wheel or was it an actual steering wheel? 
No, it was an actual steering. This, uh, is, this is like two thousand and like three. Like they, yeah, they, they came, they came circular. That was it. Um, and so we played that, but it led to an interesting dilemma because it's, it, like after that moment, he realizes he'd committed the unforgivable sin. He was going straight to hell when he died. Fair enough. Um, but it was also when he started ramping up anti-game rhetoric, and so he was unwilling to buy at that point. Um, so I had two siblings at that point, or like two that two that could hold a controller <laughs> at that point, um, and so we all wanted to play games together. And so technically, we had two controllers. So the favorite multiplayer local co-op, uh, local multiplayer game we had was uh, SSX Snowboarding One, um, made by Big. Rest in peace. Um, and so, uh, guess who had to learn how to snowboard with a steering wheel? That's I'll tell you a secret. If you if you push up on the analog stick, you get to go faster because you get to like you know go down so faster and then you pull pedal. back on the analog stick to brake. But on a steering wheel, you can't push up. <laughs> Do you just leave it facing middle? Is that no no no? So you can steer left and right with the wheel, but you can't you can't you like, can't just push up. forward. Yeah you, yeah, you can't push forward or back. So the pedal would be assigned to, get, to X. Like... You had to get really creative with how you how you sped up and slowed down with the steering wheel. <laughs> Wild. Wild indeed. I feel like an actual anyway. snowball where you need to go left and right to increase your momentum down the hill. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, no, I I don't know. Was, this was kind of a fun tangent. Um thanks for writing in, Tom. Uh, a lot of a lot of fond memories were were dragged up um by all of us, I think. Uh any any closing comments from anyone? Happy Groundhog Day, everyone. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Video games fun. Making me regret. Asking, Play Legacy of Goku. Oh Legacy yeah, Legacy of Goku. of Goku. Fantastic games. Cool. And so with that, um, oh, I should probably say that if if uh, you have an audience question you'd like us to discuss, um, write in at the plugs I gave before. Uh, mailbag, um, fasttravellounge.gmail.com, Facebook, Fast Travel Lounge, and Twitter at Fast Travel Lounge, but minus one of the L's. But with that, we now come to the conclusion of episode 10. Uh, apologies this is probably going to be a longer one <laughs> this this is hands down our longest episode yeah we can thank pokemon legends colon arceus for that uh but thanks for listening and uh we'll see you next week 